This is TNA, the new face of professional wrestling. And now, from Stage 21 at Universal Studios at Universal Orlando Resort, it's Total Nonstop Action Wrestling Impact. Hello and welcome to the Impact Zone podcast. I'm Daniel of the Wrestling Newspaper, but let me introduce you to the top man of the Impact Zone podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sean. Hi guys, how are we all doing? How are you doing, Sean? Yeah, I'm doing good on this lovely morning. Lovely winter's morning over here in the UK. So, you enjoyed the first episode we did last week? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it went, it went well, didn't it? Yeah, we had good fun. It was a shocking show to watch, but I think we did oh, it, it was a bit justice. Bad, it was a bad show, wasn't it, to watch? Everyone, good news, we're now on iTunes. So, if you search us on iTunes, just search Impact Zone podcast subscribe six stars rate us six stars maybe seven if you're feeling good so yeah so that's it how's your, how's your week been sean are you good yeah it's not been too bad just been working are you doing anything on the weekend i've got i've got a busy busy weekend at work i've got two massive functions on so I no wakes no wakes this weekend no no wakes no wakes no wakes that's brilliant to hear so I'm I'm going to a wedding myself at the weekend. Well, I'm meant to be. But... So you'll be, so you'll be smashed. No, I've not. I've not. I've not drank. Listen to this. I haven't drank since September. That's probably the longest I've gone since I turned eighteen. Since September. Uh, I had a drink on Monday. As if, as if. <laughs> going going out with Neil finished me off. That's it. I've not. I've literally not drank since I went out with Neil. <laughs> Tip me off. Tip me over the edge. <laughs> Right, oh, yeah. so let's get into the show, shall we? So you you watched the show this week, didn't you? Yep. Watched Same it as me. It, it was a better show, wasn't it? Then. Oh, yeah, it was a yeah, it was a hundred times better than last week. Yeah. So just to give everyone a quick intro to the show, um, it was the turning point pay per view. Um, basically, the main event was America's Most Wanted versus Triple X in a six sides of steel match where the losing team must split up. So that was the, what the event was centred around. Um, the semi-main event was probably the main story on Impact leading into the pay-per-view. It was the newly formed Kings of Wrestling. Uh, that's Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. They were basically running roughshod around the entire Impact roster. Uh, the two underdogs of Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles, they stand up to the Kings of Wrestling and they get the help of the legend Randy Savage. This is a six-man tag match. Um, other matches of note on the show are P.T. Williams versus Chris Sabin for the X Division title. That match was built around Sabin countering the Canadian Destroyer. And probably the last big match you'd say on the show, Monty Brown versus Abyss in a Serengeti survival match. So they, they were the big matches, Sean. Yeah, were you in agreement with that? Yeah, yeah they, were, like, they were the standout ones. I'd, yeah, I'd were... say and the tag title match as well. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, the opener of the show. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the show. So, TNA Turning Point 2004. It was on Sunday, the 5th of December. We always ask this, Sean, what do you think you were doing on the 5th of December back in 2004? 5th of December. Uh, probably, getting excited, probably getting excited for Christmas. Get excited for Christmas. About, how old would I have been? 10 years old? Yeah. Ten. Yeah. 
Well, now that would have been a long time ago. So he was in primary school when this was going on. Yeah. So uh, I didn't have to watch it. All right, so we've got what happened on the 5th of December, back in this day on 2004, last year, last the last show, sorry, it was the Iraq War that was going on. That was the what happened on this day. The historical event of this time was the most noteworthy thing that happened on this day in 2004, Spain beats USA in the Davis Cup in tennis. That, that is our back on this day. So, sorry for you Americans, you got beat by Spain. So, yeah, I just quickly searched that then while you was talking, by the way, because I forgot to. (laughs) Yeah, so, back to turning points. Very prepared, as always. Orlando, Florida, an attendance of 700. Sean, how many do you think paid for this big pay-per-view? I'm going to say, what, in attendance or watching it on TV? Out of the 700, how many paid to get in? I'm going to say a big fat zero. Absolutely zero. Um, now, the buy rates, the buy rates were 20,000, which was 5,000 less than last week's show, than last month's show. No, that's, that's disappointing. Yeah, I know, because you think they'd like to build on it, but obviously the show wasn't great, though, was it? So it could have, like, switched off quite a few. Yeah. Um, this was actually the first ever TNA pay-per-view I watched. So I actually got I missed Victory Road. Well, you picked a good one to t- to tune into. Yeah, I did. It was a lot better than the last show. So I'll let you introduce the show. We start off with a video package, Sean. Yes, we start off with the Kings of Wrestling, Hall, Nash, and Jarrett in some American classic car, knocking off an Elvis style video. They're all dressed up as Elvis. It's just corny as hell. It's corny, but it's like quite it, it, like entertaining in it. Seeing yeah, that. It, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's entertaining seeing Nash and Hall sat there dressed up as Elvis with a fake wig in yeah. one of these bodysuits. It's like when it first came on my TV, I wasn't really paying much attention. It showed it was just starting, and I looked and I thought, "What is going on here?" Yeah. But one thing that made me laugh, right? It starts with Savage. Yeah. He's talking in this video package and he says in the in the promo, he says that he just had to come back after seeing what the Kings of Wrestling were doing to all these young kids that were trying to come up. And I thought, hold on, the Kings of Wrestling only formed about five minutes before you returned. <laughs> it was literally five minutes. If you think about it, like Nash and Hall come out, don't they? Yeah. And then Savage is out five minutes later. So in these five minutes, he sat at home watching his TV he gets on a plane and he's there in, in the impact zone. I love this business. I love this life. I love TNA. I am living my dream. Well, looks like boys, we're going to turn a point. Uh-huh. <laughs> Guys, it's great to be the Kings. It's good to be the King. We, we are the Kings of Wrestling. The Macho Man Randy Savage is an icon of professional wrestling. People like Macho Man paved the way for guys like me in this business. I had to come back after watching what was happening with the Kings of Wrestling, destroying everybody and destroying the young kids that are trying to come up. The Macho Man making his return to the ring. Macho Man. Be a man. Yeah. Be a man. Yeah. I used to sell meat products. Oh, no. 
just to snap into snap it. Snap into it. <laughs> Time for you to snap out of it. He's going to be leaving the building quicker than Elvis. <laughs> snap into it. I respect this. I don't respect the kings of wrestling at all. KOW, you stand for everything that is wrong in this business. AJ Styles. AJ Styles. AJ Styles. Boys, he ain't nothing but a hound dog. Get your books and run on down to the bus stop. Don't, don't be cruel. Because the kings of wrestling are taking you to school. Right, so the show starts, Sean. And what is the first thing we see? The first thing, is it this big show? Is it an intro? No. As you guessed, typical TNA, a limo. A limo pulls up. But who's in this limo is the question. Who's in this limo? Who's in this limo, Sean? We get the man of the hour, Vince McMahon himself, and Triple H. Mm Mm-hmm. It well, took them all of two minutes to fire shots towards WWE. Two minutes. I, I when, even... when when this first when this first one came on, I couldn't stop laughing. Like yeah, they, I... they, they they had Triple H down to a T with with the towel over his head, with the sledgehammer. Vince, where are we? Is that Vince? That's Triple H with his extended ass. I I thought, honestly, at first, I thought, I genuinely thought, why is Vince with Sabu? (laughs) Honestly, I thought it was, honestly, I thought it was Sabu. I thought, why why, why is Sabu here? And I thought, oh, no, it's Triple H in it. I I forgot Triple H ever had the towel. I'm sure he got rid of that towards the end. Oh. But yeah, I thought it was Sabu, and then Abyss gives him some balloons or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't have a clue what was going on there. But yeah, an interesting, shall we say, segment to start the show. As soon as this comes, I just thought, oh, because this was we've, which we've not said. The last pay per view was Vince Russo's last pay per view, um, on TNA, booking TNA, whatever you might say. So I thought, oh, maybe this show there won't be as less stupid finishes. Ref bumps, backstage segments targeting the WWE, and well, I was wrong. Well, there weren't as many dodgy finishes, I'd say, in this one. What do you reckon? I don't know. I don't. Don't think there was. I think there's maybe one or two or so. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Well, <laughs> speaking of dodgy finishes, should we start with the opener? <sighs> <laughs> you must have forgot. So, yeah. t- Team Canada versus three live crew for the NWA tag titles. And, Sean, you must have seen this coming because you said on the Impact Zone podcast last week the, sh- the match that should open the show should have been a tag team title match. Get Road Dog out there to hype the crowd. They must have been listening because that's exactly what happened. Yeah, we get so we get three live crew. Uh, BG James, but we don't get Conan this week. We get Ron Killings as his tag partner, as Conan's injured with a shoulder injury. And they are defending their tag titles against Team Canada for their rematch with Bobby Roode and Eric Young. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it weird seeing Bobby, Bobby Roode and Eric Young? It's just str- I find it strange seeing him. Roode. Roode looks like he's about 50. He, he just looks weird. I can't put my finger on it. He's like dead chubby. But yeah, so the match, it was like, obviously Roll Dog hypes him to start off with, Dunny. And then the match, it was actually all right, wasn't it, at the start? I don't know if you've, have you got anything you can remember that happened during the opening, what was it? Uh, yeah, oh, we had BG James on, on like, the offence. They, three life crew were at the advantage to start off with. Um, I thought Ron Killings was really showing why he's a really good talent in the ring. Yeah, but, he looked good, didn't he, in this match, I thought, as well. Yeah. Probably a but, better partner for Roll Dog than Conan was at this stage in yeah. the game. Yeah, but I, I don't get why WWE've dropped the ball so hard with Ron Killings, R-Truth. Like, they've just made him into a comedy act. Yeah, well, he, what happened was, he, he was giving him a push, do you remember when uh, he turned heel, didn't he? And um, I can't remember who he turned heel on. I think he was tag team with uh, John Morrison in WWE. And he turned heel on Morrison. And they put him in a feud with Cena. This is yeah. like 2010, 2011 maybe. And what happened was, there was a show at the old 2 in London. And R-Truth, well, he didn't know. He lit a cigarette. Right. You know, like in his actual segment, he lit a cigarette. So I yeah. think there was some, like, heat for that. And then he was in a town a few months later. I don't know, say he was in Boston. Yeah. And he's doing his intro and he goes, what's up, Toronto? He said the wrong city. So from but that if point, it, but, but if he's a hill, what's the best way to get heat? Yeah, I know. That's what I, that's what I thought. I think he might, he might have turned into a face at the time. I don't know. So, so, so from then, Vince just made him out to be a joke, really. But, no, what's he going to do when he comes in at number 30 for the Rumble? I know, that is so bizarre, isn't it? But what? They clearly, I, it wouldn't surprise me. What What's going to happen? They're just going to, someone's going to attack him backstage or something, aren't they? Someone's going to attack, or he'll come in at the, or for the women. For the women's yeah, rumble. yeah, yeah, I heard that as well. Like, they'll they'll have probably... the women Rumble first. He'll come out at number 30 for that one. Carmella will follow him, be like, what are you doing? It's the wrong Rumble. Yeah, something like that. That's what'll happen, won't it? He can't be number thirty for the men. Ooh, that's my alarm. Alarm? Yeah. Well, my normal alarm, but I'm up now. Was that in case you slept in and missed the opening of the show? Yeah, I'll come in halfway through the through the first match. Yeah. So where 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 are we up to anyway? So we're talking about our truth. Well, whatever. Ron Killings looking good in the ring. Yeah. Uh, so it was a good match, weren't it, really? It was like a nice, hot little opener. Much better than the, the, that gauntlet from the Victory Roadshow from the other month. Yeah, that was yeah. too long to be the opener last week. But it's going well. Scott Damore, is, is it going to be like this for every t- match involving a member of Team Canada? I feel like it will be. and I, I, know, I think we've got them for about another year. Oh, you're joking. No, I think we've still got them for all of 2005. As if, see, I don't mind them, but is there any need to have this every match? Yeah, well, just... Oh, like, he's, he's ruining finishes too often. Yeah, he is. He is. They think it's getting heat, but it's like... Put it this way, after this match, yeah? After this pay-per-view, it happens, spoiler alert, in both of the Team Canada matches... 
they've got to do something where Dusty Rhodes, who's the face GM, he needs to do something to stop it happening on the next pay-per-view. They can't just keep it going, surely. Yeah, it's it's not good heat. It's, it's go away heat. Like, go away. You're just ruining yeah. it. I'll just keep do this on impact. Do you know what I mean? Not on the main, not on the big turning point, the yeah. so-called turning point of TNA shows. Yeah. So the impact. I don't know what happens. The more does he distract? He distracts. Yeah. yeah the more tries to interfere, and then we get. Uh, he's either a new member or a returning member from injury, of Team Canada. He comes in, gets the hockey stick. Breaks it over BG James's back. Bobby Roode then takes advantage, and Bobby Roode gets the win for Team Canada, and we got and new NWA Tag Team Champions again. Because last week, last month, I keep saying last week because we did the podcast last week, but last month, three live crew won the tag titles. They get the big firework display just to lose him in well. Pretty much nothing. It was a decent match, but a dodgy finish. And they're just hot pot, hot potato in the tag belts. I don't like it. It's the third change in six weeks for the tag titles. Do you know what I mean? What What's the point? Third change in six weeks. It doesn't mean anything. Team Canada, two-time champions. To celebrate this monumental moment, 20 seconds, the cameras are on Team Canada and we must go backstage. So... It was a decent match, but the finish ruined it. Yeah. So, what what did you give this match, Sean? Even though the finish was ruined, I think the actual in-ring action was quite good. Yeah. So, I actually, I'm a bit more generous this week on my ratings. Well, it wouldn't be hard <laughs> after last week's <laughs> performance. So, I actually gave this match three stars. Three stars. So you think it was as good as the AJ Styles Petey Williams match? Yeah, because there was too much interference in that match last week. Well, and this this match didn't have too much interference. Oh no, because the interference was only on the finish this this week. Really well. <laughs> How many winding you up? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I bet you thought, then what's this guy on about? <laughs> I can tell he's not had his decent coffee this morning. Shit. He's had his Asda value coffee. Yeah, so those not listening, before we came on air, my mum, bless her, I, I'm a big coffee fan. So I love my coffee. She thought of me, she went and got some coffee. And as soon as I had some, I thought, it doesn't taste that good, this. she, I said to her, I said, mum, I said, what, what's that coffee? Where's that coffee from? She was like, um, oh, it's from uh, Asda, can you tell? And I thought, I thought I can't say it to her yet. So I was like, no, no, it's really nice. It's really nice. So I'm probably going to be stuck with this Asda coffee every time I come round to my mum's house to record. So yeah, so I'm on Asda coffee. But anyway, bless her. So yeah, so you say you give it three stars. Um, I went two and three quarter stars for this match. Um. Do you, what do you want to do? Because I said I found Dave Meltzer's star ratings. What Should we do it after each match or at the end? Uh, yeah, do it after each match. After, after each re- match. So, yeah. Dave, big Dave Meltzer, bless him. He gave this match. He wasn't as big a fan as you, Sean. He gave it two and a quarter stars. Yeah, he don't know what he's talking about, does he? Let's be honest. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> I won't go that far, but... Yeah, so how long do you reckon this match went? 
Uh, I'd say about 12 minutes. Eight minutes, 30 seconds. Is that all? It, it seemed, a bit, seemed longer than that. Yeah, it did, didn't it? But at least they're giving the matches a little bit more time than last week. Because well, I think the tag title one match... And a half, got... One and a half minute Millie's match. Uh, well, at least that match wasn't on the show this week. So, Sean, talk us about what happens next. Uh, so we then get a quick backstage promo with Shane Douglas and Dusty Rhodes. Just waffle. I didn't take any note of what they were talking about. Oh, I did. Right, so we had, we had, we already had the WWE. The, you know what I mean? Them giving WWE shit, so they couldn't help it. Dusty refers to WWE as the evil empire. So we're about twelve minutes into the show. We've had Triple H and Vince coming out, <laughs> taking the mick out of them. We've had Dusty calling WWE the evil empire. So yeah. TNA at this stage of the game is just like that bitter ex-girlfriend towards WWE. WWE, you know, they've moved on with her life, but TNA, they just can't let it go from these WCW days. Four or five years later, they've got to get these shots in. So, yeah, so what was the next match on the show, Sean? Uh, so we then get a six-man tag, which is referring back to last month's Piper's Pit. Yeah. So- so we're getting Kid Cash, Kazarian, and Matt Bentley against Sanjay Dutt, Hector Garza, and Sonny Siaki. Yeah, so la- la- obviously we were saying on the last pay-per-view, like, what was the point in this Piper's Pit segment? So at least the- there was some continuation that it built towards this match. But I do think it's a bit strange to build towards a match on your first pay-per-view that's taking place at your second pay-per-view. But... Yeah, but they've been consistent. Like, if you watch the video package, you can see Cash using the coconut to attack people and stuff like that. So I think that's why they've built in everyone else with Sanjay Dutt as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, we had Hector Garza and Kazarian. They were the last two in that gauntlet match as well. So that sort of links the two stories together. Um, so yeah, John made me laugh. Do, uh, Kid Cash is coming to Don West. He's like awful, but he's like lovable. I can't put my finger on it. He comes out with some stupid stuff and Kid Cash is walking to the ring and Don West just shouts, Kid Cash, he hates life. I just thought, <laughs> what a random thing to say. Did you, what, did you think Kid Cash looked really strange when he came out? He was tro- he looked like he was be like a small Randy Savage. Yeah, I, I with I, his I denim he... cowboy hat and his denim trench coat. Maybe that's what happens when you hate life. You come out dressed like a knockoff Randy Savage. When Randy Savage is already there. Yeah, so I'd written my notes here, right, Sean? Garza slips off the rope, very sloppy, provides an awkward spot. Yeah, I've got Garza and... botch. Tries to jump up on the turnbuckle while holding on to Kazarian, slips and lands on his head. So as soon as this happened, I googled. I thought, I wonder what he's doing these days, Hector Garza. And, well, we got the sad news that he'd, he'd actually passed away in 2013. So I felt a bit bad shitting on him for slipping off the ropes, but do you know what I mean? I think he died of a lung lung disease back in 2013, so that was quite sad to hear. Because apart from that botch, he looked all right in the gauntlet match last week. 
And apart from that, really, I thought he looked all right in this match, except for the slip off the ropes, which can happen to anyone, really. Yeah, it's just one of them things, weren't it, where he just lost his footing. Yeah, so we'll give you a... If I felt like it, I'd give you a... I'm not in the mood this morning, but we'll give you a thank you, Gaza chant, straight from the Impact Zone podcast. So thanks a lot for this match, Gaza. We feel... It's a shame that what happened to you, mate. Anyway, so what happens next, Sean? Uh, so we then get there's uh, lots of blind tags from Cash, Kazarian, and Bentley. We get a, a we get a pop up Hurricane Rana to the top rope from Sanjay Dutt to Kazarian. That was up. amazing. That was crisp. There was no flapping about with it. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, really good. I I thought that was a really impressive move as well, and that shows that it's impressive because like we're, we're what we're in 2019 now, 15 years later, and it was still impressive. Now, when you think of some of the stuff that we've seen in the last five, ten years, high spots wise, for a move still to impress us, high spots, it's pretty impressive. So at the time, I'm guessing that was even more impressive. Yeah. One thing that annoyed me about this match, right? I don't know if you noticed it is they kept, like, doing the spot where... I think it was Gaza and Siaki would be arguing with the ref that they were letting the other members... Do you know what I mean? They kept coming in and attacking and behind the ref's back. And it happened about three times. At one point, I'm thinking, right, now you're just being stupid. Stop complaining to the ref because your teammate's getting assaulted. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was a little bit stupid. And then what maybe The referee, I don't know if you noticed this, the referee... Kid Cash tags in, but the referee didn't see it and he's back to it. And Don West quotes, he's Don West goes, the referee took Cash's word that he tagged in. And I'm thinking, what? We're taking wrestlers' words that they've tagged yeah. in. Then. Yeah, they've just stood behind the ref, clapped their hands up and yeah, and the ref's gone, yeah, that, that that's a tag, I've heard it. Oh, I believe you, Kid Cash, you're not a terrible heel. <laughs> You're not and just swapping in and out. Yeah, they, they did it for all three members while they're just working on uh, Sanjay in the middle of the ring. Yeah, it was it was a bit bizarre. And then the, the, I felt like they was attacking. They were beating on Sanjay Dutt for what seemed like forever. Yeah, but they weren't they weren't doing much with the attack. They were just pinning him down. I think they had like an arm lock or something on him because they were working on his arm. Yeah. To be fair, I do actually like, ta- like when I'm watching a tag team match, I do like, because we're b- trained and built up for that sort of wrestling. I like it where, like, the heel, just, I, I don't need, like, loads of fancy flips at the start of the match. Just have your heels working on your baby face, building up to that hot tag. So I didn't actually mind it, but it just felt like it went on maybe a little bit too long. Yeah. But, so yeah, go on, I'll let you tell us about, Sanjay Dutt starts hitting some impressive moves, doesn't he? There's a lot of high flying going on. Yeah, lots of high flying. And then we get Hector Garza comes in and he gets with the hot tag. Yeah. They're all in. Garza hits his beautiful moonsault, like I said last week. Straight out the TNA Performance Center. That's all we <laughs> teach him down there. And then uh, Tracy Brooks tries to interfere uh, by attacking. Sunny Siaki, but she manages to take out Matt Bentley instead. And then with that, Garza gets up on the top rope, 
hits his corkscrew moonsault. And Hector Garza Very impressive the... move. Yeah. yeah got... Hector... Sorry to interrupt you, Sean. Yeah, Garza... <laughs> Sorry, I bet you're thinking, shoot, you northern monkey. Um, yeah, Garza hits a great corkscrew for the win, doesn't he, for his team? It was impressive a move, actually, weren't it? Yeah, I, I think there's there's some of the best like uh, high fly moves I've seen because they're crisp. There's no judgment call of where he's going to land. He's he lands it perfect every time. Yeah, it was a good little match. This actually, I thought. Do you know what I mean? I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it, it was a good match. It it followed the story of you know Cash being heel working on Sanjay. So I can see this story progressing to next month as well. Don't know where it's going yeah. to go, but see him carrying it on, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't comment- be against. Was this? Yeah, no, I'd be happy with a rematch. The commentators put over that it was Tracy's fault, so they're probably teasing a breakup there. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good match, weren't it? But one yeah. thing I am going to say, Sean, the first match ended with interference. Yeah. Yeah. This match. Basically, the end came from interference. So, with two out of two. Yeah. Well... But as The wrestling was good, though, so we'll let them off. Dusty Rhodes booking, so... We either get run-ins from Vince Russo or, and, ref, and ref bumps, or we just get people who are there interfering with Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. He loves it, Donnie. He loves it. So, what did you give this show, Matt? This, this show match, this match show, what did you give it? I gave this match two and a half stars. Two and a half stars? You're a stingy bastard, aren't you? Two and a half stars? <laughs> right, well... And what did you give it, Dan? I gave it three stars. It was a good match. Three stars? <laughs> You you'll be like you'll be like oh it was a really good match this is a great move some great moves you're hyping this match up I was actually thinking I thought Sean's gonna go about three and a half for this you think <laughs> a really good match I really enjoyed it I'll give it a quarter of a star <laughs> but um yeah no uh, Meltzer he went three and a quarter stars for this match. So, I enjoyed this match more than the opener. I thought I thought this match should have been the opener. I thought it was good. Yeah, either one would have been good openers. Well, this one would have been good because it's got all the high flying to get everyone, you know, get everyone going. But then the opener had the stakes for the tag titles as well. So, and they chose to go with the tag title match, the opening match. Get the crowd hyped up for this show. By having a screw job finish where the heels win. Great TNA booking. Do you know what I mean? The show should look like you've got the baby faces winning Sean yet in the second match in a high spots match. Put it on first. Do you know what I mean? The tag titles match, the heels are winning. Yeah. That doesn't need to open the show. It's like I was at the uh what, what was the show that I was at? I was at NXT Takeover in Blackpool, yeah. This yeah. weekend. And the crowd were really hyped, right? And it was a really... I don't, you remember the opening match, don't you? Grizzled yeah. Young Veterans against Mustache Mountain. Match, really match, good match. Match of the night, I thought. Do you reckon? See, I preferred yeah. the Dunn match, but I that was like a Marmite match that people went... A lot, some people loved it, some people didn't really like it. Oh, no, I, I loved I loved the main the main event, but I think the tag match was the match that stood out to me. 
Did you? Well, if you'd have been alive with me, you wouldn't have enjoyed it. Honestly, Sean, right? I'm in my seat, right? I think I said this in another podcast. No offense to you if you're listening, mate, right? And I'm sat next to some, I'm in the second tier, right? And it's only three rows, yeah? Yeah. And I'm back row and it's level. So it's like you're on floor seating, but it's in the second tier, yeah? And this guy next to me, Big lad, yeah, he fucking stunk, right? I'm not joking, yeah, right? And he was, I feel bad. I hope you're not listening, mate. Well, you probably don't know who I am anyway, so. And he's like, he, I, he, I could proper smell B.O. coming off him, yeah? And I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, I'm stuck with this guy all show. And then he, then he starts talking to me. You know, like, he probably thinks that I'm some guy who's not, like, into what's, like, wrestling or whatever. He's like telling me how all the stuff has come about and how they did this in this match on this indie show. And I'm thinking, fuck's sake. Yeah. His breath stunk. He'd been drinking all day. I don't know why I'm going on about this, but <laughs> it's a nice little story, I'm sure. Well, anyway, I'm going... Put it this way, me and Sean, this, we're just having a brew, having a chat about life, a bit of TNA in between. <laughs> don't mind us. <laughs> yeah. So basically, my point was, I've like completely got away with myself. They had the heels win that match. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. the crowd, I know like the crowd went crazy for the Finn Balor uh, appearance next. But if you notice that match, the crowd weren't actually that hot for the actual wrestling in that match. Yeah. And I could sense in the in the building that the crowd had been like were a bit down, you know, from Mustache yeah, yeah. Mountain using that opening match. Yeah. So I always think in the opening match, try and get your baby face over. So. I only want to think I was we were going for three hours here with that story. Sorry about that. Everyone, but I enjoyed it anyway. The smelly bastard next to me probably didn't, but anyway, you'll be getting us hate mail now. He'll be listening. <laughs> yeah, sorted. Well, anyway, he should get himself down to super drug, get himself some deodorant. <laughs> anyway. So, right, Gaza, Siaki, <laughs> back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Gaza, Siaki and Dot win. How long do you reckon this match went, Sean? Seven minutes. Eleven minutes and one second. That was longer than the, than the opener. Yeah, I know, I know. But I think it was that heat segment that they got on uh, Dot. It went a long time. Yeah. So what happens next on this show, Sean? Uh, so we get Scott Hudson with Randy Savage backstage. Yeah. Have you got any notes on what he was saying? Nope. <laughs> I, I, let me have a look. I've got backstage interview with Savage. I'm guessing Savage said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, something like that. And then um, yeah. they go right to another interview, I think, don't they, with Petey Williams? Yeah, so they they go back to the comment, to the commentary table. And then they go back to Scott Hudson backstage with Petey Williams and Scott DeMaul. Yeah, Williams basically says that he's got one more than one move. So even if Sabin can counter his Canadian destroyer, he's got more than one move. So, yeah. How old do you think Petey Williams is here, Sean? He's got to be early 20s. Yeah, I know. I, I couldn't believe that. Tanae said that he was 22. Yeah, he, well, he, he's, still, he's still about today. Isn't he? I'm not sure if he's still with TNA or not, but I know he's still about. He wrestled on a TNA pay per view that I watched about a year ago, but um, he's not re- considering right how good he he's been good in these two pay per views we've watched. I don't know what what happened. Why is he not? 
Do you know what I mean? He never really got to that next level, did he? No, I think he just stuck with TNA and that that was his downfall. Yeah. Because but... he had uh, later on he had that pairing with Scott Steiner where he was like a mini like he was a mini Steiner. And I I'm not sure where he went. Yeah. I think he just got Same stuck here. in the loop. He, He's got think... a skinhead. He's got a skinhead now. Yeah, I think he got stuck in the loop like AJ Styles did, but AJ was able to get out. Yeah, right timing to get out. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if the ship is sinking, fucking jump. Anyway, right. (laughs) Sorry, Sean. Couldn't help myself. (laughs) Right, so what do we have? We have next, we have a video. (laughs) We have a video package for, what's this stupid match called? Go on, what's it called, Sean? A surrogate survival match. Sean, what is a Serengeti survival match? Because these idiot announcers, they don't tell us what it is. We're just expected to know what this prestigious match is. I have not got a clue what this match was until... Well, until the match starts. And even then, I think it's a stupid idea. I didn't have a clue what was going on until the match ends, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, But yeah, they did did like a video package, didn't they? And told us why this match came about. Yeah. Um, they Monty didn't tell Cal- us why it's called this match, though. They didn't tell no. you why this is its name. I think I'm I'm sure Monty Brown or someone's from the Seven Gay or someone. God knows. No. Who cares? It was stupid. Um, but so I noticed that Monty Brown was in a match with Jarrett for the title. You know, um, in between on the impact. Yeah. What was that match we watched? The Monsters Ball at Victory Rock. Was that a number one contenders match? I don't think so. No, I didn't think so. But they, they didn't mention it anyway. No, I don't remember. They, they, that's the problem. These commentators don't mention a lot. Um, they they just tell us that like people want to end their lives and that they hate lives. <laughs> it's like I can imagine. I can imagine Mike Tanay talking about the match and him just nudging Don West with his elbow, and going, "Don, say something stupid." <laughs> Don, but yeah, be be the king. Be the king. Just just puppies. Puppies, puppies. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, Monty Brown versus Abyss in a Serengeti survival match. The crowd are chanting, we want tables right from the start of this match. I can't let me interrupt. Did you see that sign? I was howling. Some, some woman had a sign next to the ring, and on it, it just said, I flew 3,200 yes. miles to watch TNA. Do you know what? <laughs> that was there. I'm pretty sure that was there last month as well. Was it? Oh, what an idiot. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, 3,200 that, miles. That's got to be a plan. That's got, they've got to have given that out. Yeah. Yeah, they probably have, haven't they? Did you hear um, what... Um, Brown called Abyss as he is cutting his promo on the ramp. I didn't eat. No, no, go on. He goes, come here, you hungry, hungry hippo. Oh, yeah, yeah, that does ring a bell. Uh, who comes up with this stuff, eh? <laughs> who comes up with this stuff? So, Sean, have you got anything to say about the match? What what happens in this match, etc.? Uh, I've got... Monty Brown's got his ribs taped, and that's from the that's from the attack in the previous weeks from Abyss. Apparently, Abyss was doing his um, best hacksaw Jim Duggan impression and attacking him with a two by four. Yeah, so Abyss targets Monty Brown's ribs early in the match, doesn't he? Yeah. 
and then we halfway through the match we get a table slid into the ring and yeah, the crowd were buzzing the chris meant the world to the crowd didn't it we get did, did you... one guy with who's chanting singular lines all night at this yeah. point he was going we want fire <laughs> Thinking he's in the top of ECW. Yeah, he's a big ECW. Did you hear what Don West said about Abyss? I think Tanae gave him the old elbow and went, Don, say something stupid. Don West says, some people think Abyss is somewhat of a simpleton. (laughs) Yes. Suddenly out of nowhere. I thought, what's he saying that for? (laughs) Yeah. Typical Don West. Yeah, so what happens with this table, Sean? It gets just set up in the corner of the ring for don't get it don't get used for a while. We get some we get a sit down splash onto a chair from Abyss, and then Abyss puts Monty Brown up against the ropes and attacking his head, and we get some boring charts. So, did you really? Did really, you... I didn't know. Yeah, I yeah, we got some boring charts at that point. Is this? Uh, not much. Yeah, I think it's just because they weren't really doing much. They were just taking, like, they were using up time. I, 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 do you know what? If I was booking this match or wrestling in it, I'd think, you cheap bastards of coming here for free. You've come in this building for free and you've got the cheek to champ boring at us. Well, traps. So I know I'll let you carry on with the match. We do, we do get um, an impressive power slam, though, from Abyss. No, from Monty Brown to Abyss. On the yeah, chair. Right up to the chair, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, that was impressive strength there. Because he didn't just pick him up. He managed to manoeuvre around with him as well. Yeah, impressive. Because Abyss is a big lad. He's a big old unit. He'd be in big lads wrestling. <laughs> and so they... the crowd, they're chanting for thumbtacks. Aren't they yeah. at this point? Yeah. Uh, Abyss gets his head thrown straight into the steel chair, which is propped up in the corner. Yeah, and he takes it straight head on, doesn't he? Yeah, no no hands, no nothing. And yet he's still wrestling today. Crazy. Just with a lot less teeth. <laughs> yeah. And a lot more mass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Did you notice when Brown hits the pounce, it doesn't look like Abyss is ready for it? No, I didn't. I didn't notice that. I'm not going to. I'm trying to think. Is it's this the spot where Abyss docks? No, this was before. This is just before Brown goes through the table. So uh, Abyss has gone through the chair. He then staggers back yeah. up. Monty Brown hits the pounce, but it looks like he's completely mistimed by Abyss, and he looks he looks shaken because he wasn't expecting it. I'm not sure if he was supposed to go through the table with the bounce, or if he was just taken by surprise with it. Yeah, is this the one where he rolls out of the ring straight after it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know which one you mean. I was a bit... I was watching it, and I thought, what happened there? Because it... He goes flying, doesn't he, right under the bottom rope? And I thought, yeah. was he actually meant to go under that bottom rope? 
Yeah, I, w- I wasn't sure if he was supposed to go through the table and they weren't in position. Or... Yeah, it looked, looked like that, didn't it? Yeah, I remember. I know what you mean now, yeah. Uh, so then we get reversal from Abyss and Brown goes headfirst through the table. Yeah, the crowd. This is what they wanted. They wanted some poor bastard through that table. They were buzzing. Yeah. They got the money's worth. Let They, they could have gone home happy. <laughs> yeah. And then we get both guys go under the ring to get out their black bags or thumbtacks. Yep. Uh, is, is this where you realise where the match was going? Yeah, but no, this is where I'm thinking, right, the thumbtacks are out, we'll have a bit of a spot, yeah? Yeah. Because did, right, I might have missed it, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. I'm sure at no point, hang on, I'll let you tell you, you tell us the finish of this match, go on. All right. Uh, yeah, so Monty Brown's emptying his bag and then Abyss takes the initiative and just attacks Monty Brown. We get a reversal of a powerbomb into uh, Alabama Slam from Monty Brown to Abyss. He's supposed to go into the thumbtacks, but he gets all of about four or five thumbtacks to the top of his shoulders. Yeah, Yeah, like near his head as well, weren't it? As well, I was thinking, shit. And that's to finish off the match. That's it. Done. Bell rings. Over to me. So, I'm going to rant here. Not once, unless I'm mistaken, in which case I'll apologise. Not once did these fucking commentators mention that that's how you win the match. Or did I th- they? I think they did at the beginning, but it wasn't clear. Well, I must have been missing that. I must have been too busy listening to Don West call Abyss a simpleton to pick that up. <laughs> but I'm sat there, I'm thinking, oh, this match is getting on. Bell rings, and I thought, what? The bell... Do you know what I mean? You think, say, if they mentioned it once, right? Yeah. Fair enough. But for the last 10 minutes of the match, there was no mention. Like, when the thumbtacks come out, yeah, they should be saying, oh, if someone goes through these thumbtacks, that'll be it. That'll be the match over. The the crowd was dead as well. I don't think the crowd knew that was a stipulation. The crowd's literally dead as soon as that happens. Yeah, it was just a stupid... Like... It's it's all well to say they said it on commentary, which, yeah, I must have missed it. But how are the live crowd men to know? It wasn't mentioned in the video package. Yeah, it's just... It, it, it doesn't make sense for a finish of a match. No. Sean, can you hear someone drilling? No. Oh, well, luckily it's not being picked up. Someone outside... Oh, I think I think, yeah. Can I think you hear it? Someone's yeah. the drilling a hole. Tell us to piss off. We're talking about impact. Excuse me, mate. I'm trying to review a wrestling pay-per-view that happened 15 years ago. Do one. (laughs) Uh, They're they're building next door, aren't they? They're building a house next door. So Seriously, are they taking the mick? People (laughs) not realise we're trying to run a successful business here. Um, Yeah, so... so, How many stars did you give this match and done? Ooh... Uh, oh, I don't like revealing it first. I gave this match three and a quarter stars. It would have been higher, but I didn't like the ending was just... I should have given... Do you know what? I'm annoyed I've given it that high. I must have been in a good mood because if I don't know the ending of the match, it, what's the point of it? 
Yeah. But I'll give it three and a quarter stars because I'm being very generous, I think, with that. I gave what have it you got, Sean? three stars. Three stars? Oh, so pretty yeah. much pretty much around the same one. What do you reckon Meltzer gave it? I don't think Meltzer liked it. I'm going to say two stars. Meltzer went two and a three quarter stars. So we're all pretty much on par with that. Yeah, we all said it was a decent match. That's pretty much that. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned to the Impact Zone podcast because in the second half of the show, we will be discussing the main event of the show and more. Daniel and Sean will be back in a second right after this. You may not know me, me, but you will. I played in two Super Bowls for the Olympics. But this was my real passion, my dream, my legacy, my reason for living. The turning turning point point is here. The moment I live the dream, I dare to dream. Destiny Destiny. Destiny awaits. Bring it on. TNA Wrestling presents Turning Point, live December 5th on pay-per-view. Hello, back on the show, ladies and gentlemen, good old Monty Brown. Vince and Triple H are next up having a skit, Sean. I hope everyone's feeling refreshed after after, after that quick (laughs) commercial break. So, Sean, Vince and Triple H have a skit, so talk us through that, please. So, at this point, Vince and Triple H are walking through the backstage area, and... They're trying to find this videotape that TNA have produced. They see one lackey of TNA with a videotape, yeah. and they get Triple H to destroy it, thinking it's the tape that they want. And then we find they then find out that it's not the right tape. It's actually the best of D-Ray 3000. <laughs> I actually laughed when it came up saying that. So, Dan, what's, what's your favourite D-Ray 3000 match? I have no idea who he is. <laughs> we said that last week. You said who's D-Ray 3000, and clearly it's a bit of a running joke with TNA management. That, that's that's, that's got to be our first uh, shirt when we, when we start producing them. Yeah, who, who is D-Ray 3000? Can you believe this? D-Ray 3000, listen to this, Sean. He's t- at this in 2019... He's only 36, so he was 21 here. Well, he didn't Did you know he's wrestled, he's wrestled for WWE? Under what name? Vico Batomango. He you lost what? a match. Vito, Vico Batomango. <laughs> he lost a match to MVP v- on SmackDown. Vito, he was billed... Vito Batomango, was that? Vico Batomango. He was the Ethiopian heavyweight champion. That's what he was billed as. Um, he then went on to wrestle for Smash Wrestling. And I think that's pretty much it. There's not really much anything else, really. So, yeah, his career went far. Yeah. I will surely buy this DVD or VHS. Yeah, so they get the best of D-Ray 3000 thing. Is there anything else that happens with another pointless segment? No, not with that. We then get... Uh, we get a replay then of the finish to the Monty Brown Abyss match while they're still Good clearing up the ring. Yeah. What's next? 
we get a tag team special oh. guest ref- No? No, we do, but I mean, oh, what? Oh. Why is this halfway through the show? Why is this on the show? Yeah, and no, seriously, it should be on the pre-show. Actually, it's not good enough for the pre-show. It should be on Impact. Yeah, right, Sean, I mean, this match is, what was it, the NYC versus Pat Kenny and Johnny B. Bad with Jacqueline as the referee. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to quickly run through what I've got in front of me for this match. I've got why. Nothing to say. Match felt like it went on forever. Someone hits the the Stone Cold Stunner. Jacqueline's mad at them. Johnny B. Bad pins them. So you can add your take on that shit fest. Well, last week we said we asked who was Pat Kenny, didn't we? Yeah. He was ECW's Simon Diamond. I thought I'd heard, when he said Simon Diamond, I thought I'd heard the name. Yeah. What? It was Simon Diamond. Bless me. Um. I think he was more towards the end of ECW. I think late 99, 2000. I can't think of anything memorable that he did. I think he was tag champion. I think he was tag champion at one point. Right. See, at first when I heard Simon Diamond them say that, I thought, what, that guy who hated fat people off SmackDown? Do you remember that guy who used to come out with, like, the dietary stuff? Yeah. Uh, I checked. He was called, I think, Simon Simon Dean. Dean. Yeah. yeah. God knows whatever happened to him. Oh, yeah. Um, well, in my notes, I've got down my second note in the match is boring, and that's not that's not a chant from the crowd. That's me, my head going. I'm bored of this match already. It's been like two minutes. Yeah, boring. Wasn't it? I was thinking, why are we doing this? What are we? What? Why? In, at my stage in life, at nearly thirty years old, am I sat watching this? I've just realised why this match is going on. Go on. Okay. So, back in WCW, they wanted Disco Inferno, Glenn, to do the job to Jacqueline when she was in WCW. And he wouldn't do the job. Okay. So... They've made this now a storyline. They haven't mentioned it, or not on the pay-per-view. But then I think that would be why there's the tension between Disco and Jacqueline and why he pushes her and then why she retaliates. So let me get this straight. So something happened years ago on WCW in a probably a nothing angle on WCW, and they've just assumed that we... In 2004, possibly, what, four or five years later? Actually, I'm probably longer. Remember this. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, that's just come to me because... Excellent. I mean, it makes no sense now. It makes no sense in 2004. Probably made no sense in 1998 or whenever it happened. Well, yeah, but that (laughs) that is definitely what happened. See, Sean, this is why, this is why you are the top dog of the Impact Zone podcast, Mr. WCW himself. Yeah, I get get to remember all of that batshit things that would happen. All the what? Batshit? Yeah. That reminds me a little bit of the uh, commercial break. Um, Right, so, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, 
the winners of this match, Sean, it's Pat Kenny and it's Johnny B. Bad. And do you know how long this match went on for? 12 minutes. Christ. No, 7 minutes, 50 seconds. So they booked this match to go 2 minutes shorter than last month's Petey Williams-AJ Styles match. This should have been like a three-minute match. This shouldn't have been on the show. It was a sack of shit, a sack of steaming shit. Um, we've. What did you give this, Sean? I was generous. I gave it one star. I gave it one and a half star. Mm-hmm. Because there was a woman in this match, and it was the was it like the only woman on the show? <laughs> because there was, there was so- a. Because there was a woman in the match who gave it one and a half stars. I think it was... Women could wrestle in 2004, so why is there no women's match on the show? Yeah, but we had a women's match last week, or last month. Oh, well, well. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's 2004, there should be women's matches on the show. It's typical TNA living back in the 20th century. No women's match on the show. It annoyed me. So, yeah, one and a half stars purely because they've decided to allow one woman on the show. Very, How very nice of them, idiots. Right. Uh, let's move on from that. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Well, no, I wasn't saying it wasn't me having a go at women. I'm just <laughs> defending them. They should be on the show. I thought I thought TNA around this time, I'm sure they had, like, a good women's division. I, 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 a year I or two think, later. Yeah, I think it won until about 2006. Once I fully introduced like, the knockout division. But <sighs> you know why Vince Russo named it TNA, don't you? Yeah, I do. I was going to say this on this show because I was listening. I bet you were expecting me to come back with this. I was listening to a Lance Storm podcast, yeah? And they were talking about the naming for AEW. And they, they were talking about what Vince Russo named TNA for. And yeah, tits and ass. Yeah, tits and ass. What a fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean? It's, TNA was a joke before it even began with this name. T- do you know what I mean? Does he think he's funny? Yes, he does. Well, he's not. He's one. That's, what, that's why I put Puff Bagwell's mum on a pole. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't watch WCW. He put Viagra on a pole. Oh, right. Anyway, so next we have... Uh, <laughs> Mike Tenay has word from the truck, Sean. Actually, yeah. should we see what Dave Meltzer gave that classic match in the last... Yep, go on. What did, what did good old Dave give us in that match? What do you reckon? Half a star. One and a quarter stars. I, I must be doing, be doing too harsh. Yeah, so Mike Tenay, he's got word from the truck. Something's happening with a limo backstage. What happened, Sean? So we see that the kings of wrestling have kidnapped Randy Savage and sent him off in a limousine. I thought we was watching a wrestling show. What, what, what the what's this shy? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a low-rent movie from the 1980s. He's dumped in a limo, and he's going away in this limo show, and I'm thinking, we know he's going to come back. Somehow he's going to make his triumphant return. Blah, blah, blah. Right. What? Anything else? No, not about that. No, they should. Have, they should have locked him in. Locked him in a cupboard or something. Would have been. Would have been, made more sense. Oh, how about they just on. didn't have? They just didn't have him in the match. He was too old. Just have AJ Jeff and someone else go against the Kings of Wrestling. 
Well, yeah. Should have. He didn't do anything in the match anyway, did he? But that's for later on. Yeah. So next we have Raven versus DDP. Yes. Uh, I don't quite know how this came about. Apparently, DDP's come back to wrestling and he's saying that Raven's been a thorn in his side for God knows how many years. Yeah, Raven was taking credit for retiring him a couple of years ago or something. So maybe something happened years ago on TNA or WCW, I don't know. Um, DDP comes out to Smells of Teen Spirit remix, sort of, doesn't he? Remix number two. Remix number two. (laughs) Because both Raven's and DDP songs are rip-offs off the WCW rip-offs off Nirvana. Right, I see, I see. I didn't I, even know it's Ravens. I, I had to Google to see if Jimmy Hart was producing the music for TNA at this point. Not bad. Well, Jimmy Hart's known for being able to cover songs close enough to the real thing but not be sued for it. Right, I did by, not know that. By just changing changing enough of like the enough of the track that it's not classed as a cover. So basically, he's a dodgy bastard. Yeah. Excellent. The yeah. Sean provides us with these brilliant facts. I love it. I learn something new every time I speak to the man. So this might, it actually started off, it, I thought, considering they were quite, I don't know, were they old at this point? I'm guessing they were. Uh, not that old, old. Well, late 30s. Uh, DDP would have been 40s, eh? Well, they started off quite intense, quite fast, I thought. Do you not think? Yeah. yeah. I thought well, I was quite impressed with that, the pacing. DDP didn't start training to be a wrestler until he was 35. Really? Yeah, because he, he was a manager at first. Right, I never knew that. And now here he is with his yoga all these years later. Yeah. Sean, there was a ref bump in a minute in this match. <laughs> After one minute. I'm, I'm sorry. I can see it in my notes and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> Fucking that's hell. that's that's not a ref bump. Something happened with the ref. The he ref got kicked th- in the face by DDP. So I was sat here and thinking, oh, good match. That's a nice little start to this match. Nice fast paced action, intense wrestling. I thought this is going all right. This, bam, DDP boots the ref in the face. I'm sat there thinking, oh, what is this? People complain about Raw in 2019, but oh. anyway. I'll let you take the lead, Sean, because I'm getting a bit I'm getting a bit grumpy. <laughs> uh so we, we find out that Eric Watts is on the commentary for this match. Bill Watts was, is so nice, yeah. Yeah. Well was he mentioned in the video package at all why he's on DDP side? I didn't notice. I I didn't don't think so, no. So was he? I, I, I don't know. I I didn't I didn't hear his name or anything, so Sounds guess... about right. He's just there for moral support by the sounds of it. <laughs> Fuck it now. Uh, yeah, so DDP doesn't like the ref that he's been given for the match, so he just boots him in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then take the match to the outside. They roll through the crowd. DDP always manages to find the guy who's on crutches to steal a crutch and hit his opponent with. That That seems to be every... DDP brawling match 
when, when, whenever they go outside. Right, I'll take your word for it as I've only, I've probably seen maybe two or three DDP matches. Well, I, I maybe at the time, but I can't remember any. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they go, then they come back to ringside. Raven gets nutted on the post. But then Ray, Raven pulls out his Roman helmet from under the ring. Yeah, I seen that. I was wondering what was going on here. So apparently he's been wearing that for the past couple of weeks on Impact. It looks stupid. I mean, I suppose it fits with it with the rest of his attire, though, with like his skirt and stuff like that. But it was a bit strange, I thought. Yeah. But it was actually, to be fair, this match, I thought it wasn't, obviously, it weren't the best technical match, but I thought that both of them were working really hard. You could tell they were trying to put on a good match. Yeah. So I was, do you know what I mean? Every credit to him. They weren't just having a lazy sort of match, which they could have done. Yeah. They was, they was they, trying, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then they bring a chair into the ring, and Raven does his drop-toe hold to DDP on the chair. Oh, it was nice. Um, and then do you remember last week we got that random druid figure up in the rafters during the course month? I did course I do and he never <laughs> appeared and yeah. then uh, I've got it in big capital letters guy with the hood is out Sean will love this <laughs> yeah, we don't just get one we get two of them we get two oh, yeah. Yeah, we get two druids this week and that's Eric Watts' cue to slide into the ring. And attack them. Yeah. He does some nice choke slams on them, though. I did note that down. Yeah, he did. He's a big lad, isn't he? He is a big lad. I actually thought to myself, he could have played the fake Kane. You know, when they did the... No, not fake. Was it a fake? There was an imposter Kane or whatever on WWF. Uh, they've done fake was... Kane. They've done fake Kane and they've done fake Undertaker as well. Yeah, I think Luke Gallows though played fake Kane. But I'm saying with his choke slams were that good, he could have easily played the role of a fake Kane. Yeah. But Sean, right? You must have been like me. I didn't really know what was going on in this match, but I knew for a fact that even though he took out the hooded guys that were there to attack DDP or whatever, you just knew that he was going to turn on DDP, didn't you? Yeah. It was. He just. Ugh. You could see it coming a mile off. Yeah, they, what's in, like we just said, he turns on DDP. Does he hit him with the choke slam, or does DDP reverse it straight away? I can't, I can't I quite pretty, remember. I think he, pretty, I think he punches him and then he pretty much reverses it. Yeah, DDP hits him with the diamond cutter. Yeah, so he's turned heel on him. He looks like a right geek. He gets attacked by DDP. DDP attacked Raven, doesn't he? Hits yeah. the diamond cutter. One, two, three. DDP wins. So, right, Sean. If Watts is turning heel and they're trying to get him over for a potential feud and a match down the road, let Watts get the heat. Let him cost DDP the match at least. Instead, yeah. he turns heel for what reason? He just looks like a geek. Yeah, he, he looks stupid because DDP just turns it around. Bizarre. It was just bizarre, weren't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can hear, well, you can see Raven sitting in the corner, calling spots, telling Watts to hurry up and get out of the ring as well. I didn't know I started it myself. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, right, DDP gets the win after that interference from Watts. So, Sean, this is the fifth match on the card. Is yeah. It? The fifth match on the card, yeah. Right? The first match ended with interference. The second match ended with interference. The third match ended with a really strange ending that they didn't really tell us about onto the thumbtacks. The fourth match ends with the referee assaulting one of the opponents for the win. And the fifth match ends with someone attacking someone in the ring. Okay. Well, I was wrong at the beginning of the show in saying that there wasn't that many interferences. Oh, I, 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 weren't, I weren't saying it about that. I completely forgot you even said that. I was just complaining about it in general. Yeah. I didn't mean to, like, bury you or anything. <laughs> All right, trips. <laughs> yeah, get my damn shovel. Where, was, sure that... where was you where you got called that? Someone was calling you Triple H. <laughs> but, yeah, I had, I had my denim jacket on. I had my hair back. So, yeah. I'm growing my hair out, so yeah. They thought it was funny to shout Triple H and then drove back past me pumping their own, so yeah. <laughs> they got one over on me. <laughs> I, I thought this match needed more time. Like the, fir- the first half of the match, they rushed through it, but then the last five minutes slowed it right down. I think they needed more time to get into the match. Yeah. I know what you mean. It was going fast. Do you know how long it went? Believe it or not, it went twelve minutes. minutes twelve minutes three seconds. Yeah, but what, so you got... wanted it to go longer than fifteen? Maybe not longer, but they seemed it seemed very rushed, especially the first half. Like that last five minutes with the interference, you could have shortened that down a little bit, or yeah, you or you could have done that after the pinfall. Do you know what was my favourite part of this match? What was it? I was howling with laughter. The random fireworks after the match. <laughs> like the pyro. They let pyro off when DDP won. Did they? Oh, what? Did they let pyro off or was it just in his music? I don't know. He wins the match and then like some pyro goes off. <laughs> and I just thought, what the hell? Why? He's just beat Raven in some random match in the middle of the show. Uh, they, they, had, they had to blow their pyro budget somewhere. Yeah, they? they did, didn't they? Well, let's get pyro somewhere on the show. I don't know where to do it. So, yeah. Oh. <clears throat> right. So, where are we next? What did you give the match, Sean? Oh, yes. Uh, I gave it two and a half stars. Two and a half? Fucking understand. Yeah. I give it two and three quarters. And I thought I was a bit harsh. I think it deserved a bit more. Yeah, it probably deserves three, I'd say. But so why didn't you give it three? Because I've got two and a half in my notes. <laughs> uh, Meltzer, Meltzer gave it three and a quarter stars. So he, he liked the match. Yeah, it, it was a good match. It did what it had to do. It it moved the storyline forward with DDP and Eric Watts, but. See where it goes with Raven as well. So we then go backstage and we see Vince McMahon in his dressing room with Triple H. And he receives a lovely tray of cookies from Tracy. Yeah. He, he, he throws the cookies on the floor, shoves her out of the dressing room. 
And then we see Triple H scrounging for the cookies. I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm loving these segments. I think they're hilarious. Yeah, I, I, they're not they're not really for me <laughs> if I'm honest. But I've just put I've got down Triple H and Vince are back. Fantastic. Uh, so yeah. that, that was basically all I've got. It's not not really for me that sort of stuff, but. It's because you're a boring fucker, that's why, Dan. You're a WCW fan, so you love backstage segments. Yeah. Well, especially ones that are shitting on Vince. <laughs> Hang on. Vince first. Vince took shots on WCW first. That's because it was shit. <laughs> Vince took the shots first with the Nacho Man and the Hulkster. Nah, I don't... You, you, you know more than me, Mr. WCW, so I'll... <laughs> Just, just take my word for it. I'll agree to disagree. So this excellent Triple H Vince McMahon segment backstage, Sean, with the cookies and Tracy. Is there anything else that happens in it? Uh, no, not in that. We excellent. <laughs> so next we have a video package for Petey Williams and Chris Saban. Uh, the video package is centered around Saban can't counter the. Canadian Destroyer. That's how the video package starts. And I thought, oh, excellent. We'll have a match where it's like that he can't counter the Canadian Destroyer, but he eventually does. But no, TNA blew their load in the build-up and Saban counters the move, not once, not twice, but three times during the entire build-up. So we've already seen him counter the move. We know he can do it, so I'm not quite sure why the match was built around that if we already knew that he could counter it. I'm guessing they were trying to say that Williams could win with another move, as they said earlier, but they don't show that he can win with another move. The other move, as we all can guess, what happens. So, Sean, yeah. the match, they're going mad for the two of them at the start with dueling chance, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, let's go, got that. Let's go, Saban. There's 10 lads ringside. They're all in a group together. They're all on different sides. One's chanting for Williams. One's chanting for Saban. They're having the time of their life. They've had a free entry to the show. Everything's great in life. So, Sean, talk us through some of this match. What was the best parts of the match for yourself? Uh, so, I want we've got plenty of spots going in and out the ring. Um, at one point, they did the like, Irish rip roll through, and Saban rolls under Petey Williams. But he's got the um, a high back leg, and he he catches him in, in the nuts. But I'm not sure if that was intentional or not. I don't know if you got oh, that bit. Oh, fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember Saban doing loads of high spots on Petey. Uh, he jumps. Yeah. He, what's he do? He's like in the crowd, isn't he? He's yeah. in the audience, and then he jumps over the guardrail onto him and stuff. Yeah. We've got um, a slingshot Hurricane Rana from Petey Williams from inside to outside. Yeah, so Petey takes control, doesn't he, after Damore, like interferes to get him back in control. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it was good, weren't it? It was a really good yeah, match. It, yeah. See, but that's the thing. When it's a good match, it's hard to actually put forward how good the match was just by talking. You can, put, you can talk about all the high spots, but you've got to actually... I, this is one match on the show I'd definitely recommend to go and find and watch. Yeah, it holds up today, doesn't it? It's fast-paced. Yeah. There's loads of like good moves. 
hashtag moves. There's low, do you know what I mean? It was just a good match. They're working a really fast pace. It's just really good wrestling, to be honest. Yeah. Saban, I thought, was really impressive in this match. Yeah. Like, at one point, Saban's in the tree of woe. Pete Williams goes to do a baseball slide. William, uh, Saban lifts himself up. William slides to the outside. And then Saban does a front somersault. Over the ring post onto yeah yeah yeah, yeah. on the outside. I thought that was, I've not I've not seen that, and I thought that was a brilliant way to counter the tree of woe to get out of it. Yeah, it was it was really good. At this point, I was thinking, I thought, just don't ruin this match with a stupid finish, please. Just yeah. like that they did with that uh, AJP match from last month's show. Yeah, thought, just don't ruin it. But did you, did you catch uh, at one point? Uh, when Saban hits the running powerbomb and he gets the two count. Yeah, yeah, that was a great move. Yeah, and the commentators ask for a replay, but all they get to see is the Inseguri before the powerbomb. No, I didn't notice that. Bit, yeah, no. they they cut the replay off before the before. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. See. Yeah, yeah, because they cut back to the ring, don't they? And they're yeah. like, oh, the action's that fast paced, we can't show the full replay. Yeah, but they weren't really doing much at that point when they came back. Yeah, yeah. But so, so I was I was confused at this point. Saban, like, it looks like he counters the Canadian destroyer, but you couldn't actually tell what had happened. It was like they'd, do you know what I mean? Just before yeah. that, running yeah, that pile driver. Yeah, because I think what he's um, all his counter is is when he's set up for it, he just lifts them up onto onto his shoulders for a fireman's carry. Yeah, so it was his move. Work. So I think that was it. Um, and then we just get some interference to bring him back down. So, yeah, so he's countered the Canadian Destroyer, so it looked like. And obviously the build-up to the match was entirely about this. And not once did the commentators go, oh, he's countered the Canadian Destroyer. Do you know what I mean? They didn't mention it. And I just yeah. thought, what? Like, I know, like, you give, like, my, people give Michael Cole and stuff shit, which, yeah, he's not the best, but I'm pretty sure they would have mentioned this playing into the story as it was a key part of this match. The whole match was built around him countering the Canadian Destroyer. He counters the Canadian Destroyer, and Don West is probably sat asking for a replay of a DDT that happened five minutes earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Don. Uh, <laughs> uh, we get a nice pole driver from Saban. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have got any of this in NOLA, would you, last year? No. No. Was that the move that was banned, the pile driver? Yeah, pile driver, and I think I think it was like 430s or something like that was both. There was, yeah, it was definitely pile driver and something else was banned. Strange, strange. So, Sean, I'll let you tell everyone. How this match, really good match, very good match, probably the best wrestled match I'd say that we've seen out the two shows we've reviewed. How yeah. does this stellar encounter finish? So we get Petey Williams go for the Canadian Destroyer. Uh, Saban managed to counter it, gets him up for the Cradle Shock, but then Scott Demore gets up on the apron, pulls Williams off him. Saban's distracted by him, so's the ref, and Petey Williams pulls out some brass knuckles from his pants. <sighs> they didn't even look like brass knuckles, did they? I associate brass knuckles being like gold cat's paws sort of things. I was they trying to work like, out what it was. They looked like 
the cardboard roll from a t- from a toilet roll. Yeah, it did, didn't it? I thought, what? It was like, I thought, what's he got there? And I think Don Westman, he's got the brass knuckles. And I thought, does he? Doesn't look like it. Yeah. So, Williams, Dex, Chris Saban, and Petey Williams retains his title with a three count. Yeah, so that, that was it. it. To be fair, I've got written down the ending ruined the match. But I'm going to yeah. try and be positive. Overall, this was a really good match. I, it was it was a stellar match. It was fast paced. It had spots. It had, it had everything you wanted in it. Yeah. So I'm I'm complaining that it was like a screw job finish, and I always complain about it. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't want Saban to get beat clean, so they had the match end like this, and it'll lead to a rematch. Which I'd be very happy to see this on the next pay per view. So. I'm going to give TNA a bit of leeway because they let me see a really good match. And on a positive note, Sean, the Petey Williams match on the last show for the X Division title got nine minutes. It got double on this show. 18 minutes and three seconds it went. I say it, it didn't seem that long when watching it. but No, it didn't, be, did it? But I think that's because you were so into it. It was so fast-paced. It didn't drag it at any point. Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? And now the big question, Sean, what have you scored this match? I've given it four and a half stars. Four and a half stars? Yeah. Wow, you loved that match, didn't you? Yeah. Because four four and a half stars to you is about six stars to everyone else. (laughs) Only only reason it, it, I'll say the only reason it didn't get five was because of the BS finish. As if, because the commentators did actually say it's one of the greatest matches in TNA history, but not, not that their word means anything. Do you want to know what I gave it? What did you give it, Dan? I feel a bit bad now. <laughs> um, I gave it three and three quarters. I thought it was like a really good match, but I didn't think it... I thought the ending didn't help the, it. But... Yeah, the, the ending did ruin it. Um... The problem is, though, you've got... At the time, this was probably... A, like you say, a four and a half star match, but in the back of your mind, although you shouldn't do, I'm sort of comparing it to some of the matches you see. The do you know what I mean? Like say this match, yeah, you'd probably see this from say a Seth Rollins. I don't know. Say if you watch the Seth Rollins Dolph Ziggler match, yeah, you'd pretty much see the same sort of thing. I think yeah, maybe a bit there. Or if you went to well one of the Brit wrestling promotions, yeah, or, like, like Pro see... or something like that, you could easily see. Like, you could see Will Spray against, I don't know, um, who's the guy from Aussie Open? Mark Davis, Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher. You could you could easily see this style of match between them two. Yeah, speaking of Fight Club Pro, there's, um, I'm going to the first show. The, I got tickets the other night. Oh, uh, what, what uh, the first show of the year? Yeah, Wrestle House. I'm missing... Uh, I'm missing North End playing against Derby. On the, they moved it from the Saturday to the Friday night on Sky. So I had to choose between wrestling and North End. And I'm like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? But I thought I'll just I'll just get the tickets and then I've got them. So then yeah. I pretty much have to go. So I suppose I can avoid the result and watch it on TV. But yeah, probably get beat anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um so yeah, so I just say it was a good match. Three and f- three and three quarters. I went. You went four and a half. What do you reckon Meltzer went? 
I'm going to reckon Meltzer loved it. I'm going to go four and a quarter for Meltzer. He gave it four. Four. Four See, stars, that, yeah. That, that is what I did have, did have down originally, but I've bumped it up. Yeah. Fair enough. As I say, it was a good match. If you compare it to the rest of the stuff you see on TNA, it does stand out, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's what helped TNA stand out was the X Division because it was yeah. so much better than anywhere else. Like the, the match was a 2019 match in 2004 with a shit finish. Yeah. So, Sean, I am just going to put a jumper on because it's a bit nippy in here. I'll let you talk about all I've got written down is Midget Destroys Vince. I know you're a big fan of these segments, so I'll let you run through this segment for the next, as long so, as you need. I'll so we then get, next we get a small person, a mini. Midget. <laughs> Knock on Vince's uh, locker room, and he says he's a TNA executive. And then the small person attacks Vince McMahon. Oh. Yeah, that's that's the noise that Vince made, Dan. Cheers for that. Uh, yeah, he kicks him in the kneecaps a couple of times and Vince goes down. You see the little man walking off. Quite, quite proud of himself. <laughs> the, the little man walking off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> cheat there, Sean. <laughs> Well, you got you got to keep it PC. PC. <laughs> yeah. What does PC mean? P- politically oh, correct. Politically correct. Yeah. Not not performance center. Oh, I wonder what you done about then. Otherwise, otherwise, the little man would have done a moonsault. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you was too witty <laughs> for me there, Sean. It took a second <laughs> to digest. <sighs> Right, yeah. next. What do we have next, Sean? Go on, we have a uh, video. Yes, so we got a video package of the Kings of Wrestling against AJ, Jeff... Well, I've got Jeff Jarrett in my notes, but it's not Jarrett. It's Jeff Hardy. And... Always, on last week's show, we kept getting Hardy and Jarrett confused. Why would you put both Jeffs in a match? Yeah, I know. For people like us, it's a bit hard to understand. Yeah, us simpletons. We must... We <laughs> yeah. must... We must come from the fa- same family as Abyss. Yeah, the Serengeti. Oh no, that's Monty Brown. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they got, what have you told us about the video package yet? Uh, yeah, everything they've done in that video package, they might they might as well have just gone to WWE. But oh, you know that NWO video package we've got where they just attacked everyone. Can we just use that? Because everything is exactly the same. To the point where they've picked up one of the X Division guys. I know what you're gonna say here. And thrown him into thrown him into the side of the truck like they did Rey Mysterio. Yeah, that was it. I knew I couldn't quite picture it. I thought I've seen that spot somewhere else. Was it Amazing Red that they threw it into it? I think I, it was. I, yeah, I didn't catch who it was, but it could have been. Why? Right, who did you think it was? Who did you I, say it was? No, I, I I couldn't I couldn't work out who it was. Yeah. I just knew I it was one of the X Division. Two... He threw a couple of people into it, but Amazing Red, I think it was. Yeah, and it's just a carbon copy of the NWO attacks. It's just... Just in a different promotion. Yeah, clearly. And with a worse worse name, Kings of Wrestling. 
Kings of Wrestling. When I th- think Kings of Wrestling, I think of Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Hero, or Cesaro and Cassius Ono, as they've been silly, re- sillily, stupidly, sorry, rebranded by WWE. Were they, they were called the Kings of Wrestling, weren't they? The tag team? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. they were. So, the Kings of Wrestling... Not the real Kings of Wrestling, this TNA knockoff version. And they come out to the Elvis. My my, my um, spell check has spell checked it as the Elvin entrance. But yeah, it, I can assure you it wasn't the Elvin entrance. It was the Elvis entrance. Well, to the it, music it, for that. It, it could be the Elvin entrance as this knockoff of Elvis. Yeah, it was. I was annoyed. I love Jeff Jarrett's theme. Why are they not playing Jeff Jarrett's theme? What annoyed me? What I don't, what is that music coming out? And why are they still dressed up as Elvis? Yeah, I know it was all right in like the build up to the show or something. It was like, do you remember the Royal Rumble 2005? You might not, right? The video package, they're all dressed up. There's Romans. Yeah, no, it was 2006. But it'd be like, I'd say what, no, WrestleMania 21, you know where WrestleMania went? Hollywood was the branding. And yeah. they were all like doing the build up in like the things. It'd be like them coming out to the characters that they're portraying in the yeah. actual video package building up to it. But yeah, so they're out dressed as what well, I don't even know, as Elvis. Yeah. So but then the true star for me, I don't know what you think. When his music hits and he walks out, I just think this is the star of the company coming out. He's just AJ is just Yeah. He just stands out a million by a million miles for me. I don't oh, know yeah. if I know he goes on to be a star, but I don't. I oh, you can tell. He... You can tell he's a star from so yeah. early on. I was that, thinking. I thought that's why they could be, him. He should be in the title match with Jarrett, but I don't actually know. Does he get into the main event anytime soon? He's already been there. He has. Yeah, he's... I know he'd already been champion, but they sort of yeah. down to the X division um, for a bit. I'm trying to. I off the top of my head, I would. I don't know, but I can probably see him being champion in the next six months. Yeah, hopefully. But I know he's in that X division title match with Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe at some point. Yeah, that legendary triple threat. That, but I hope it holds up that match. I don't think I've. I've. I don't think I've ever properly sat down and watched that match. I know I've seen it, but not. But not properly right. sat down to watch it. Yeah, I watched it at the time, and I remember thinking, what the hell was that? That was amazing. Yeah. Well, I thought it was mad. I was watching the uh, AJ Styles 365 documentary on um, WWE Network the other week. And um, so AJ arrives at the Superdome in New Orleans, yeah, as the champion or whatever. So he comes out of his car, and he's walking into the building. The first person that greets him is an old-looking Jeff Jarrett, who's just basically some random guy to him, and says, hi, you all right? And AJ yeah. just says, hey, all right, walks past him. And I thought, how things have changed. Jeff Jarrett is the star, well, built as the star of this show. AJ yeah. Styles is like in what, the Cruiserweight equivalent, the X Division. Yeah. And then all these years later, AJ is the top guy going into the biggest show in the world, wrestling-wise. And Jarrett's just some random recovering alcoholic with a coffee backstage saying hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, Jeff, <laughs> I don't want you to top yourself after listening to that. I'm sure you've still got a lot going for you. Um, so, yeah, so, Sean, what do you want to say? Anything you want to say about the match? Uh, well, Savage doesn't come out with AJ or Hardy. Good shout. Obviously, because he's still locked. He's still kidnapped in the limo somewhere. 
Yeah. I mean, he could he could be anywhere by now, but I was surprised the start of this match. It was just like your typical wrestling match, weren't it? It wasn't actually. I thought it'd be like goofy spots, but the first eight to ten minutes of the match, it was actually well wrestled. He was having heat spots. I thought it was yeah. pretty good, but it was obviously the best part was when you had the baby faces getting a fence on Jarrett because obviously he's the best worker out of the three at this time. Yeah. But when Jeff was getting his offence in, I felt like all he was doing, he was just stomping. All he did was stomp. Yeah, he ha- he hasn't got many big moves, I don't think, Jarrett's got. I think he's he's more of a basic... Guitar shot. Huh? All he has is a guitar shot. Yeah, guitar shot. And I hate the, sh- the stroke as a finishing move. What is that the one where he like hooks the guy's feet? Yeah, it's the it's same. Yeah, it's the same as the Miz's finish finisher. I abs- I just can't stand that finishing move. It's pointless. Uh, it's a bit like the Miz. No, the Miz is good. No, he's not. No, he's yeah. not. Don't get me into this. I have this argument with everyone. The Miz isn't good. The Miz can talk. Yeah, he can talk. Yeah, yeah. But he can't cut a promo. He can't get you to want to see one of his matches. Okay. So it's all well and good being able to talk. Okay, what about talk, talking smack against Daniel Bryan? Did that not make you want to see Daniel Bryan versus The Miz? It didn't when we actually saw it. Yeah, because it was too late by then. Uh, so one instance, one instance, but he does all these mid-TV segments, and it doesn't make... I actually like The Miz. I think he's a good character, but I don't think he's a good promo. Who would you rather have as Universal Champion? The Miz or Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar. No, I'd rather have The Miz. I think I'd rather have Brock Lesnar than most people. I don't get why everyone hates Brock Lesnar. Good wrestler. Has good matches with guys who he wants to. I don't think Lesnar should be the champion. No, I, I kind of agree, but it doesn't bother me. That much, I, like I think the champion needs to be there. I'm not saying he yeah. needs to wrestle every week, but he needs to at least be there. I know what you mean. I kind of agree with that, but I, I like Lesnar. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it makes me laugh that in 2018, yeah, you can't work the fans. You can't work the fans into a storyline. I beg to differ because all these fucking idiots, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lesnar's hijacked the title. He, he only wrestles on Raw once every six weeks. That's because that's all Vince wants him to do. Vince booked him in a story. Vince booked the story where Brock was no show in the events, yeah? yeah? And it got everyone legit pissed off. If you said to Brock Lesnar, I'm going to pay you what you're worth in this day and age, I'll, Brock Lesnar would appear on every Raw if he got paid to do so. But... Vince McMahon, the man with all these billions of dollars from Fox, he won't pay it him. Yeah. No, I, I no, I totally get that. He he is a spectacle. That's why he's only left for the big shows. But I don't think he should be champion. Anyway, back to this TNA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, Sean, right? I'm going to just quickly say, this is why I want to do a show for the wrestling newspaper with you, discussing the current topics. Yeah. So I'm going to hook you in once a month. I want to do this prediction show with you. Yeah, that's cool. That's I, cool. I was planning on calling you out on air, so then you'd have to do it. So I'm going to put a poll up on the Impact Zone podcast. Do you want Sean as a guest on the Wrestling Newspaper podcast predicting the matches for the WWE pay-per-views? 
You can't say no to all your fabulous listeners, can you, Sean? Well, I can if I'm booking my own show. Uh, well, I want more of these Ms. Brock Lesnar discussions. <laughs> so, okay. anyway, we'll get back to this match. We've sort yeah. of gone off topic. Uh, so, where were we? Yeah, so we get all three. We At one point, Hardy gets a hot tag, and he takes on all three members of Kings of Wrestling. Yep. Uh, we get a lovely springboard moonsault into float over DDT from AJ Styles onto Jeff Jarrett. That was nice. All right, yeah, lovely jubbly. Uh, it, it, it gets a bit slow and boring in the middle of the match, I thought. I agree, I agree, yeah. Uh, they're doing the standard, the the face team don't get their tags in because the ref's being distracted again. <laughs> yeah, we get, we get straight out of time. the playbook from earlier on. Uh, at one point, after Harley gets a hot tag... We get Hardy's the legal man with Jarrett. But then AJ attacks Hall in the match or in the ring. AJ covers Scott Hall and the ref goes down to count the pinfall. I didn't notice it. Yeah, Jeff. So AJ's covering Hall, but both Jeffs think on their feet. Hardy covers Jeff, so it looks like in close enough area, so it looks like the ref's counting his pinfall instead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which bit you mean. They're both covering them, aren't they? Yeah, they're both covering them, but... Scott a- Hall pulls the ref out, doesn't he? Yeah, AJ, yeah, AJ goes down first, but... And that's when yeah. the ref goes down. And then, it, or even Nash or Hall, they pull the ref down. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Nash. yeah, Nash pulls the ref out to the outside. AJ then attacks Nash on the outside. And then on Hardy's on the top rope, isn't it? What point. a great spot this was! Weren't it a good spot? This? Yeah, I, I didn't even see it at first. I just saw. I didn't. I rewound it. I rewound it to watch. It was that good. Yeah. So Hardy's on the top rope. Jeff Jeff Jarrett is laying prone in the middle, waiting for the swanton. Hardy gets hit with a guitar from Scott Hall. He falls flat on Jeff Jarrett, ready for the three count. But there's no, no ref. ref. There's no ref. But then who comes out? Fear not. He's back from his kidnapping. The Mitchell man. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Savage is here. But he comes out to he comes out with no music. Yeah, half of the crowd didn't even notice he was coming out. Yeah. Just, why would you be staring at the entrance? Yeah. He just casually walks out. I don't like the gear he's wearing. He, he's look like looks like he's about to go and play a round of golf somewhere. Yeah. Okay. He comes out. He puts. They all put on a sleeper hold on each member of the Kings of Wrestling. That was bizarre, weren't it? They're all in the ring with the sleeper holds on. Yeah. Oh, that's what they've done to the crowd. So. Yeah. Oh, and... that's a bit harsh, that Sean. I didn't think it was a bad little match. This while it was going. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I thought it was all right. It, uh, yeah, it was okay until Savage came out. Yeah. And then... Oh, talk what, us through this finish. What does Savage even do? Right. So I watched this back a few times because I was a bit like, what just happened? So 
the other two have got like the headlocks on or whatever, yeah? Yeah. And Savage sort of like, they go for like the, Jarrett I think tries to roll Savage up and Savage sits on him, yeah? Pins him down and just gives him one dig to the face. A soft little dig. And then Jarrett's pinned off that one little dig. <sighs> You've oh. just pinned your world champion with one little dig to the face. One, two, three from Randy Savage. See, I thought he would have. I thought he at least like grabbed his head, brought him over the front of him, and pinned him after slamming him down. You mean that's what you thought would have happened? Yeah, I thought yeah. that's what happened because I, I didn't see it. I just saw the sleeper holds, and then I saw the pin. No, just one little punch. And I was just thinking, yeah, right. If Jarrett is getting pinned by Savage. <laughs> It must mean it must mean that Savage is facing Jarrett on a future pay per view for the title. No, I know. So why else would you book it? If you're gonna pin your champion, it's got to be the guy who's getting the next pinfall. I was thinking, I thought, just give it AJ, and we'll have AJ Jarrett next pay per view. Give it yeah, Jeff. They aren't. They aren't gonna bring Savage back in to not pin someone. And Hall and Nash aren't gonna take the pinfall. We know that. They aren't going to take the pinfall from Savage for not doing anything in the match. They're too they're too smart for their own good to be like, no, I'm not I'm not lying down on my should, back. They should be smart towards the company and think, is it any sense for the champion to be pinned? They're getting paid, they don't care. Yeah, exactly. They're getting paid, so they should just think, well, who cares if we take a pin, whatever. Yeah, yeah I suppose so. But... Yeah, it was a terrible ending to the match. I thought the match was fine. Terrible ending. Um, so AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Savage get the win after 17 minutes and 52 seconds. It, I didn't think it actually went that long, but that's what the time was. Yeah. Um, what did you give this match, Sean? I gave it one and a half stars. Really? Yeah. Big Dave Meltzer gave it one star. And what did you give it? I am a nice gentleman, and I gave it two and three quarter stars. I thought it was a good match with a terrible ending. It was fine. What you told me yesterday, you what? What match did you give a dud? No, I messaged you saying I gave a match uh, one and a half stars. I said, I said, I've not given a match a dud. No, I messaged oh. you saying I gave the LA, uh, the LAX, the uh, Triple X against AMW match a dud on the last show. Oh, I thought you said this. You you'd get you'd give them one on this show. So I thought no, I thought no, it was no, this duds, match. no duds on this show. Okay. Well, maybe that New York match or whatever NYC match was yeah. a dud, but I felt a bit tight. Pat Kenny. I like his name, so I can't give someone called Pat Kenny a dud. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he so... works down your local chippy. <laughs> yeah, is that what I said last time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, was it who do you think's going to face Jarrett for the for the belt on the next show? I genuinely, honestly, don't know. I think they're going to go with Hardy again. Do you reckon? Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be Hardy or AJ, but I can't see AJ being in it. Yeah, see, I was thinking maybe they obviously the they had the match with Monty Brown on Impact, you know, with Jarrett, and he got screwed. So I yeah. was thinking it's obviously not going to be Savage. Um, so maybe they'll go with Monty Brown because he went. He's he's gone over Abyss twice now, hasn't he? Yeah. So 
where's net where, what next can he do? Do you know what I mean? They're clearly trying to push him. So I I was thinking maybe Monty Brown. I I tried to have a look last night, but I you can't I couldn't check the card without finding out the results of the show. So I didn't really want to do it. So yeah, but yeah. So speaking of that, we next we get final resolution advert for next month. Yeah. But before that, Sean, I'll let you talk about it because I know you can't get enough of these segments. <laughs> Vince McMahon, go on. What happens? So Vince McMahon is. Be, was brutally attacked by the little man and he's now being taken away in an ambulance we get Triple H comes up to him he's like Vince what's happened I found yeah, a I, know, I wondered nah. it didn't sound like it, do, you know, do you know who he sounded like who did, who did you think he sounded like Damien Dunn from the No Fun Police he yeah. was like, he was going, no fun nah. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Triple H. <laughs> yeah. Well, if if you listen to people doing impersonations off Triple H, that's how they like exaggerate his words. Triple so, H, I am the game. That's it. Yeah. But anyway, I, I I thought they were I thought they were funny. I'm gonna put them in at the, at the end of the show for everyone to listen. So. Well, I'll be tuning out before the show finishes, though. <laughs> uh, you can skip over that bit. You mean you're going to send them me for me to put in? Well, yeah, I'll send them to you for you to hopefully put in. Yeah, make sure you merge them all together. Yeah, I'll be all, don't worry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... And then, and then right. we get the cookie oh. game. So this is why all these Vince McMahon skits have been happening. I didn't get it. Did you know anything about this? Uh, I just wondered what was going on. I, uh, it was funny seeing Roll Dag, Roll Dag, Roll Dog <laughs> shit, Roll Dog shit on Vince McMahon. Uh, Shane Douglas refers to WWE as World Wrestling, no pun intended, entertainment, which was humorous. But I'll let you you talk about whatever you want in this segment, Sean. So we get Cookie Gate as they've named it. Uh, and this is when TNA. Def- I, I'm going for a piss. Carry on. We don't need to cut it out or anything. You carry on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so we get TNA go and invade one of the studios at Universal where the WWE's filming an advert for their up and coming. I think it's Royal Rumble they're filming an advert for. And TNA decide to be good neighbours and go over, go to their studio. They've got Road Dog, they've got Ron Ron Killings, they've got Abyss, and they've got Tracy with some cookies. Uh, they go over, go over to their studio. Some of their talent comes out. I think you see Rey Mysterio come out. You get Rico, and I think you get Luther Reigns come out as well. They all come out. They're all saying hello while Road Dog and Ron are trying to steal their catering food. But essentially, WWE said to TNA, they said, if you ever air that footage off the WWE stars, they will just sue TNA. So what TNA did is they aired the footage, 
but they've blurred everyone out so they couldn't get sued. What? So this footage, I did. I was confused, mate. I, was this actually real then? Yeah, yeah. So they were. So WWE had gone to one of the studios in Universal, and they were filming a uh, advert for their Royal Rumble pay per view. Well, how weird is that? Because before, during when I was trying to say that um, for one of the matches for the where the Kings of Wrestling were dressed as Elvis. Yeah, I said Royal Rumble 2005, that advert, yeah. yeah, that was what I referred to at first, weren't it, where I was saying yeah. they didn't come dressed out like that, and how ironic that later on in the show, that's what they was interrupting, the advert for Royal Rumble, it would have been 2005, wouldn't it? Yeah, so they were, WWE were filming there, some of the guys come out, but... Do you, do you remember the advert? I do, I do remember. Yeah, I do remember it. It There's was going to um, be some trouble tonight. A very Royal Rumble. That's right. We'll have into the double. Be the final standing. Do you remember that? Do you remember that advert? Oh, it was brilliant. There's gonna be some trouble tonight. A very Royal Rumble. That's right. Step into the ring, reach an understanding Where the smoke is clear, the last man standing Is that the one where that... Did, I can't remember it. Did Stone Cold pretend to be the gladiator in the middle? No, that, I think that was 2006. Oh, oh was that? That's where the McMahons were on it. But it was 2005. They're all dressed up, yeah? And they're all singing. There's that song that I was just killing. Let me have a quick... Yeah, so... WWE basically said that if TNA ever aired that footage, um, that they would just sue them because they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to air or not allowed to show their stars. So TNA just went, okay, that's fine. Still aired the footage, but they blurred everyone out. Yeah, I've I've just got off the. Just got off the poster for the Royal Rumble 2005, and I remember. Do you know which one, one I mean? Yeah, oh, brilliant. But yeah, so I'm gonna have to go back and watch this segment because I'd sort of like I was tuning out when they was like going on. Yeah, uh, but it it makes WWE look petty if you if you think back to what WWE have done before, like invading yeah. WCW with a tank. But yeah, WWE's. It's- come onto TNA's territory, pretty much. Yeah. Well, it's just like the the All Elite Restroom and the Bullet Club guides invaded Raw. Well, they were outside. Yeah. And then they sacked Jimmy Jacobs, didn't they, for putting a picture up? Yeah. They just, they're like the kid at school that picks on someone, and then when someone fights back, they can't handle it. Yeah. But, yeah. So to all you TNA fans out there listening to this, who think, oh, these guys shit on TNA. Mate, we're not exactly big WWE. Well, I'm a big, I'm a WWE fan, but I think Vince McMahon's a bit of a prick. Yeah, I'm a fan. I just don't agree with some of their booking. Yeah, not that we agree with a lot of TNA booking. (laughs) So, was there anything else you wanted to talk about that segment? Uh, No, I'm I'm all cookie gates gated over. So that's it. So if you want to listen to all what we've been talking about at the end of the show, stay listening and we will play back these video tapes for you 
So the main event, the big main event of the show is America's Most Wanted versus Triple X in a six sides of steel match. The losing team must disband. It's been a 17-month feud. <laughs> what a random number they put in the video package. 17 months after their dud match on the last show, according to me. Could they pull one out of the bag? Now, back in the day, this match, I said to Sean, I messaged Sean saying, I'm not really sure about watching this match because my memories of this match were that it was a classic. It was the match that pretty much got me hooked on TNA at the time. So I was a bit worried about watching it. So, yeah. So, Sean, I'll let you talk about what is what do you have to say about this match, the main event. How did you feel? I, I thought this was an excellent cage match. Normally, tag cage matches can be a bit sloppy. They can be a bit disorganized like this one there's been there's (laughs) been a lot worse than this one yeah i know i just you know i told you last night i just didn't like the fact they were tagging in and out of a cage match and then they forgot about it yeah but yeah that's what i've got down i said normal tag rules are applying for the first three or four minutes and then they just seem to forget but if you look back on the video package they did that on the last cage match as well they started off tagging and then that just disappeared as well. But it doesn't make any sense. No, it, it doesn't. It should just be either tags or tornado. Or tornado. Don't just forget halfway through. Yeah. Uh, so it's for me, I sort of tune out. It's like for me, right? You know the thirty-minute Iron Man matches. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So in a say in a traditional wrestling match, you might get one pinfall. Maybe two pinfalls if you wrestled for 30 minutes, yeah? And then whenever you have a 30-minute Ironman match, WWE book it as like a, a 5-4 or a 6-5, and there's loads of pinfalls that normally they kick out of. So say like Rollins against Ziggler in the summer, like Roll- Ziggler's winning with like a zigzag. And the month before, I just watched him have a 30-minute match on Raw with no pinfall. So to go from that to say 11 pinfalls in half an hour... The but, first five minutes of that match, there was about three pinfalls, yeah? So I just tune out from that point. So when I'm could, watching the Could tag, they not be doing that, though? As a psychological aspect. Oh, Rollins is being pinned. He's in. He's down. He wants to get that extra two, three seconds to recover because he knows he can then... He's, he's still got plenty in the tank to get two pinfalls on top of him. Bullshit. I, if it's tapping out of a move, submission, fair enough. But the pinfall, do you know what I mean? It's just kicking out. Yeah. We'll, we'll agree to disagree, Sean. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. just trying to say that the pin, the tagging bit, it just took me out of this match for five minutes till the match then properly got going. Yeah. But um, So, yeah, so the tag things were done for me. Uh, Daniel starts bleeding from a headbutt. Um, is it yeah. Harris? His face gets raked against the cage. And then the camera goes off him while he's bladed. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I bet them fans had a great view of him blading. (laughs) I was surprised TNA didn't end up screwing that up and watching him blade. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been fitting, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. Did you notice? Do you remember the woman that I said was screaming throughout the AMW last month? She was doing it again. See, I told you there's a woman there who loves a bit of blood and gore. Oh, right. See, I just thought maybe she was married to, like, one of the AMW wrestlers or something. Oh, she could be. 
But yeah, so I'll let you talk us through the next bit of the match, seeing you loved it. Uh, like some good double team moves from from both teams. Um, like I said, Daniels gets gets busted open early. Um, and then, and then they handcuff Chris Harris to the turnbuckle. Which I know yeah. you, you wasn't too impressed with. Well, no, I just thought, like, surely the ref ain't going to put up with someone getting handcuffed to the turnbuckle. Yeah, he's forcing people to tag in and out. And then they just sort of carry on. As soon as they handcuff it, they forget the tag ruling. Yeah. Well, they can't really have someone handcuffed and then be able to tag in and out. What is it, a five-second rule, ten-second rule? He should have been out <laughs> of the ring. <room. laughs> they should have won there. Uh, Mike Tanay says earlier in the show, by the way, that it was a four-second rule. Did you hear the bit where Tanay said that the six-sided cage hurts more than a four-sided cage because it's stronger? Yeah. I, I can I can see the logic, though. I can see the logic. It did look like a pretty sturdy cage. So, next we had... Um, were there a powerbomb off the top? Or some, I've got that down. A power, I've, been, I've gone up to that. There's, they kicked out... AMW kick out their own finisher, don't they? So yeah. Triple X hit their own hit AMW's yeah. finisher on AMW, and they kick out of it, and that sort of plays into the finish of the match. Yeah. And then Daniels hits a power bomb off the top of the cage, I think, not the top of the cage, but quite high up. Yeah. And yeah. then I'll let you talk about this spot first because I was nervous watching this, and I knew I knew what happened. So we get. The clip that everyone seems to have seen from TNA is in this match. It's Elix Skipper walking across the top of the cage to hit a Hurricane Rana. And was it on? Was it on? Was it on Chris Harris? He hit. Well, let me get into this. The commentators never mention who it's from, who it was on. Yeah, they didn't mention because I tried to find out who it was on. And they didn't mention it. it was hard to see because they both got long hair and they're both dressed the same. You couldn't yeah. tell who they and, hit the move on. Yeah, and they're both covered in blood. Yeah, so it was impossible to tell. These idiot commentators don't inform us, but it was at a. It was honestly, Sean. It was probably one of the most craziest spots you'll ever see in a wrestling ring. Oh, or it, outside. It, 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 it was dangerous enough. Skipper trying to stand up on top of the yeah, cage, let alone walk slash run. Yeah. When he's trying to st- when he's trying to stand on it, he sort of slips, doesn't he? Before yeah. he starts to run, I'm thinking, "Oh my god, what is he doing?" If he'd have fell, if uh, how he didn't fall, I don't know. But if he'd have fell, he he could have probably broke his neck, maybe even worse. Oh, easy. It easy. was one of the craziest, dumbest spots you'll ever see. But made for a great visual, didn't it? Yeah. But even the actual move off the top, even even the actual Hulk and runner, that was so dangerous as well. Yeah, I know. You, you, you can see Skipper just falling back with his head tilted back while he's slightly flipped over. Let's call it Chris Harris. Yeah, and he, he was in his late thirties when he did this. He's in his fifties now. Elix Skipper. Yeah, it was a amazing match. amazing move though. You can't deny it, that. For it me, lo- unless unless we see something else. On this, that was TNA's Foley falling off the hell in the cell. Yeah. It was just as stupid. 
and just as crazy. Yeah. And then what? we get we then get a I thought it was a really nice elbow drop from Daniels to follow up the Hurricane Rana. Yeah. I did that as well, right? But if you're Daniels, why are you doing this? Because like he's just they've just done one of the craziest spots ever. And you're following it up with an elbow drop. Well, wasn't Daniels already up there? That wasn't Daniels holding Chris Harris yeah. up on the top. Yeah, yeah, he was holding him. He was stood on the turnbuckle. Yeah, so, so he, he was he was already three quarters of the way up there. So I, I think they I think they could have had that as the finish, and it would have been more impactful than the actual finish. Yeah, that was the match should have finished there and then, but obviously they weren't winning. But they've just hit this insane move, then the elbow drop, and they're doing the pinfall, and they miss it because they're showing us a replay of the move. So all that was for nothing. If you miss the pinfall, that kick out, if it was Harris or if it was Storm, yeah, we should have seen him kick out of that move, and the guy looks like a star for kicking out of that move. Do you know what I mean? See, I I didn't even know that there was a pinfall after it. Yeah, exactly. What, did you not notice it? No, not until you just said it. Yeah, they pin. They went to pin him, and it just pans back, and he just kicked out. So they'd missed it. So you didn't even see it. They'd missed that big moment where he he kicks out of it. They blew yeah. it. Typical TNA. They blew it. And then, and then we get another typical TNA move. We get the Tower of Doom. Oh, that was crazy, wasn't it? Daniels did not land well. He nah. flipped in midair, and I thought, yeah, oh. Daniels didn't know how to. Well, I'm not saying he didn't know how to take it, but there was no easy way to take that bump or so. Probably not something you'd practice. Nah. The crowd are chanting best match ever. Yeah, which I can't disagree with. Yeah, but, but it was definitely one of the best match ever if you're a big spot monkey. But I didn't think... But the spots weren't... They didn't feel like too choreographed. No, they weren't choreographed. But if you take if you took if you took those two spots out of the match, the Tower of Doom and the uh, was it head scissors, whatever off the top rope, I'd probably give it about three stars, two and three quarters. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it they didn't it it weren't one of their matches where you can see everyone standing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Best two examples: the last two war games in NXT. They were both shit. The most overrated matches you're ever going to see. When Ricochet's doing his double moonsault and everyone's getting in, into position standing there for five minutes. Yeah, I know what you mean. You don't need to say that to me. I didn't like the I don't like the War Games matches in NXT at all. They, they, they need working on. Yeah, people but, are like, oh, it's NXT. If it's NXT, or I think the NXT matches, yeah, they're really good, yeah, these takeover matches, yeah. But yeah. I feel like they already start off as a good match before it started in the minds of the people. I think people want to support NXT and praise NXT that much, that even if the match isn't that good sometimes, because it's... I'm not saying that because some of the NXT matches are great. Black yeah. against Gargano is one of the best matches of last year for me. But yeah. say, like, some of the matches, I feel like, I don't know, because the WWE fans aren't used to seeing those styles where, like, for the last five, six minutes, they're going insane. It's automatically better than it actually is. Yeah. No, I, I, I'll get what you're saying. Like, if, that tr- match, if, if we was to get a decent Rollins and Finn Balor match on Raw, like, or... Samoa Joe and Finn Balor, like we did in NXT, if we was getting that on Raw, people 
would still shit on it because it's not an NXT. Yeah, exactly. Automatically, it gets an advantage because it's on an NXT show. Yeah. But um, we see we've got to do a WWE podcast because we do have some interesting opinions on it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so talk us to the finish of this match, Sean. Yeah, so we get the, the best match ever chance. And then we get Chris Harris gets hold of the handcuffs and handcuffs Christopher Daniels to the turnbuckle. This then allows AMW to superkick Edith Skipper. They're thinking about hitting their death sentence finishing manoeuvre, but then they go and hit the powerplex, which is a double neck breaker, which is uh, Triple X's finishing manoeuvre. And with that, AMW get the win. Yeah, so it was a bit of an anti-climax finish because obviously you've had that massive spot in the middle of well towards the end of the match, and for it yeah. just to end with a finisher. But I did like the fact that it played off what Triple X tried to do earlier in the match, yeah, but it, just it, the it other ma- way it, around. Yeah, it made sense in the match. It wasn't just anything. So I did, I did like that. Although obviously you're not going to be able to the the highest the peak of the match was that spot. So obviously from then on you're not going to be able to. Yeah. But they obviously wanted to get that spot in. So, yeah, it was a memorable match. I think there were some big flaws for me personally in the match, but it was memorable. Yeah, I, it, I, could, it, I remember was, this match before Eve, we even reviewed this show. There was there was a good visual after the match as well of uh, Christopher Daniels like, quite upset with the result because he now, he's now got to break his team up with Elix Skipper. Yeah, it's like, do we even... I don't really... Did he let Skipper do much after this match? I don't think he did with TNA. He might have done, but... Yeah. Daniels uh, is the one who catapults into, like, the top of the show. Yeah. But did did you know... Do you remember the old... The storyline with Steve Austin, where there was the higher power? Yeah, they wanted Daniels to be yeah. with the Undertaker. Yeah, I yeah they, wanted, they wanted Daniels to reveal himself, like... Um, Why did he? I don't think it would have had as much impact as as Vince McMahon. It wouldn't have made sense back then. Because no one knew who, who Daniels was, did they, in 98? Yeah. What was it? Was it the one where Vince is going, it was me, Austin, all yeah. along? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all, all I can think of is because they both thought they were bald men with a goatee at that time. So they could have like a twin angle. Yeah, I suppose. But hey, old Daniels is still going today. He's just signed for all elite wrestling. Yeah. So yeah, so this show ends, done it with that that was it, weren't it? Triple H, Triple X must disband. Um AMW win the match, twenty one minutes and a second. Yep. Sean, what have you given this match? I've given this match four and a quarter stars. Four and a quarter. See, I thought you were going to go higher because I thought you said you was considering five. I was, I was considering five, but I thought I don't want to put, I don't, I don't want to put a five star match so early on in case something beats it. Uh, so, I, so you went, so you went for four and one quarter, a four and three quarters, four and one quarter. All right. See, fair enough. Um. I went three and three quarters. I couldn't, unfortunately for me, I'm too picky and I couldn't get past that tagging stuff. But yeah, that spot was amazing. But I, if this match didn't have that 
the two great spots in, I would have probably gone about two and a half, two and three quarters. So they're lucky they did that spot. But yeah, I feel bad even rating a match like this because it was all about that spot. That's all people will remember in years to come. Yeah. That uh, spot, like we yeah. did. Yeah, people aren't going to remember who won, who didn't. But at the time, you can see this would have been a groundbreaking match. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it It's definitely one of the matches that would have helped put a TNA on the map. So this reflects this with Dave Meltzer's star rating. What do you think he went for? I'm going to go four and a half stars. Four and three quarter stars. Big old Dave loved it then. I guarantee you if he rewatched this match back, he wouldn't go higher than three and a half. What Didn't he give a match that was absolutely shocking last week, like three stars? Yeah, he did. Was it not? He gave the gauntlet. He only he only rated two matches last week, but he gave the gauntlet match four. No, but you've got to bear in mind. Obviously, this is back then, so you, it's hard yeah. to. Do you know what I mean? We're judging it with two thousand and nineteen eyes. Yeah, but it's like I think I think he gave Owen Hart, Bret Hart cage match five stars of four and three quarter stars, and I'm I always see people. I've not watched it recently, but people are always saying it was a terrible match, the cage match. Yeah, I see. I've not, I've not watched much of like new generation era WWF. So yeah, so so yeah, so that's it. So the show's over. Um, what did you think of the show overall, Sean? It was ten times better than last week's or last yeah. month's pay per view. It flew by, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've said it was a good show. It was. It, Problem was, it had some typical TNA stuff, too many interferences and bad finishes, but on the whole, it was enjoyable. I wish they'd stop ruining the X Division matches with these finishes, but on the plus side, they gave the matches more time, which is what we asked for last week. You can yeah. tell Russo's gone, there's a bit more wrestling on the show. Yeah, a bit more structure to it, a bit more... Not so. It's not so much car crash action, is it? Yeah, it was much better. So we we actually on the show we I rated it that there was two three and three quarter matches, um a three and a quarter star match, a three star match. You had a four four and a half star match. So obviously it was a good match. What was your match of the night, Sean? Uh, my match of the night was it was a toss up between the X Division match and the cage match, but I've put the cage match because it's more memorable. More memorable. Yeah. So I've put the cage match as more memorable. Because if you're going to go say to someone, oh, yeah, watch this pay-per-view, they'll be, you'll be like, oh, well, what's on it? If you yeah. just say, oh, there's a really good X Division match, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, well, there's, well, a, there's a really good cage match, tag cage match with some brilliant spots on it. They're like, oh, oh yeah, I might check it out. Yeah, that was my match of the night as well. For that, I yeah. thought Williams and Saban was the better overall match. But if you go in match of the night, the most memorable match was that match. Yeah, the AMW Triple X match. Um, yeah. so yeah, well done to them for nearly killing themselves. So the worst match of the night, what was yours? I've got the special guest referee tag team match. Yeah, without doubt, it was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it was shocking. Didn't need to be on the card. I mean, I, I, I haven't watched Impacts this week, so I don't know if they could have put in a different angle there. But don't put, 
don't put that match on the on the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Who was the winner of the night for you, Sean? So my MVP, I've put down as PT Williams. Yeah, because that's two two shows in a row now that he's stood out. He's put on an amazing match. Yet yeah, the finish is a screw job. Is a screw finish, but that's not that's not him. That's not his performance. That's not a knock on him at all. He's standing out both times. I want to give a good mention to Ron Kinnenzo in that tag match at the beginning. Because I thought he was he was really showing his stuff off there. Yeah, I agree. He was good, wasn't he? Um, my winner of the night would be Elix Skipper for performing one of the most memorable moves in TNA history and not dying, even though he probably should have done. Yeah. Uh, my loser of the night would also be Elix Skipper because he almost killed himself doing a move and lost the match, and they have to disband. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm putting my loser as Disco Inferno just because he's a prick. Oh, I forgot even to ask your loser <laughs> of the night. Connect. <laughs> well, Disco no, it's you. Inferno. No, it's you now. No, no, I said Elix Skipper. He's my winner and loser. Yeah, but now you're my loser because you're not even bothering asking me. You've lost me, Sean. My head's fell off. We're two and a half hours in, almost. <laughs> I'm sat here thinking, oh, I'm starting work so late today. I've got so much to do. Uh, the coffee, that has the coffee starting to wear off. I'm a bit grouchy. <laughs> so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we are, I don't know, Sean, how far are we into this podcast? I feel like yeah, it's about, flown, but... We're about two and a half hours in. Yeah, so not far off, two and a half hours. So we're going to have to wrap it up now, guys, I think. Um, It's been a good show. TNA Turning Point 2004. We will be back in two weeks with our next show, hopefully. It'll be two weeks, won't it? Final Resolution, the first show of 2005. Um, Catch Sean. I'm holding you to this, Sean. Next Thursday or Friday on the Wrestling Newspaper... Royal Rumble prediction show. We'll probably predict the NXT TakeOver show and preview that show for you as well. Um, Won't be as long a show as this, probably 45 minutes to an hour or something. So we will, if you want to catch me and Sean together in action again, we will be back on the Wrestling Newspaper show. Follow us at WrestleNewsPAPR or search Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. Follow this show, Impact Zone Podcast, on iTunes. Subscribe rate, review, give us some credit. We've gone two and a half hours on a hot chocolate on Asda Price coffee. Busted our ass for you this week. Sean, do you have anything to say? Our second show's in the books. Take no, it away. Just stay tuned. Like Dan said, I'll be on the Wrestling new- Newspaper podcast uh, giving uh, predict- my predictions for the Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah, so just stay tuned and see you next time. See you later. Hey, hey, in there. Play that tape. Play Cookie Gate right now. We're here at Universal Studios, home of TNA Wrestling, the epicenter of wrestling. And we're here to welcome our good friends from the WWE World Wrestling, no pun intended, entertainment. We want to welcome them here because... Word has it they're here to check out what a professional wrestling program looks like. So we've got cookies with Tracy and a few other muffins. 
and we've got Big Abyss the Monster with welcoming balloons. So you can't ask for a better deal than what's going on right here in TNA at Universal Studios. What y'all, you eating mahi-mahi today? We just came to welcome them to Orlando, man. Hey, you know Vince? You know Vince, bro? Ask him if I can get a salad. Just, I don't mean to interrupt you, dude. I, we come, yeah, we come in peace. I just wanted to try to talk to Vince. Where's Vince man? We're here to go. What's going on, bro? How you doing, man? How you doing? Wait, is Vince around? No, sir. He's a friend of mine, man. He, he might not remember me. I made him a bunch of money, but I, I don't know if he, he's getting older and it's, you know, it's started. Maybe tell some of the boys, Benoit, tell Benoit to come out here. I just want to get a plate. I just want to get some mahi-mahi, man. How you doing? That is too much to pay right there, bro. That is too much to pay right there. We got you a balloon, homie. We come in peace, represent, you know, Old Town, Old Town, eat mahi mahi. That's what I'm talking about. Represent. Tell somebody if I can get a plate of mahi mahi in Orlando. By the, by the way, by the way, you're fired. <laughs> you know, there's a backstage guy that's supposed to interview all the talent. We got Conan back here with his boys on the truth killings we got bg james we got the big monster abyss six foot eight 350 pounds with welcome balloons you can't be any more welcoming than that and back here we got tracy with her cookies and her muffins the best thing of all is the run killings just went up and stole their mahi mahi and only one person had the guts to walk out. I've always heard that Vince was a, was a stand-up, straight-up guy. Would come get in your face if you had something to say. And I'm, I'm here to talk to Vince McMahon. And Vince, if you're here listening, please come on out and talk. I'd like to talk to you about a few things from the past. But like you said, some he is a stand-up guy, but sometimes he has to sit down to aim. But here we are. <laughs> I'm here to aim. You know, they've been known to come by and drop by and say hi every now and then. That's that's been their mo. You did it before. We came back. You know, we came by to say hi to them. You know what I'm saying? Try to be cordial. Exactly. Hey, don't come in our backyard and cook your mahi-mahi. And if you do, we will take your food. <laughs> now, why would the WWE threaten to sue us over that? We were just breaking out the welcome wagon. We were bringing them cookies. We were bringing them muffins. I mean, why would you be upset when Tracy shows you her cookies and her muffins and, and comes in goodwill? Why would that make you threaten a lawsuit? I mean, it's not like we drove a tank up to WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut or anything, is it? Oh, I think that would have caused a little bit of different reaction. And what I want to know was, who was the masked man that was giving you three live crew side? I don't know, must be a pretty big three live crew fan, though, I would think. Absolutely.